I'll never forget that uh, we ran back to the Borgata after we made that score, uh, hit a daily double, uh, ended up getting back about 850 bucks or something, uh, but needed it desperately to avoid going to the cash machine. Uh, and, and it's always uh, a little sad when you're among the, you know, 11 or so people that are lined up at the various ATMs around any casino destination at 1201 because uh, it's a new day. Uh, you can get new cash, but you might be out of it before you even get to breakfast. <laughs> It's worth having these limits, I guess, on your ATM card. No, Louie? Like, like, what's the maximum you could draw off your ATM card if you uh, put it's a usually 500. On? It's usually 500. Okay. I don't yeah. know if it's around. Yeah, that's, well, I'm at a nickel somewhere yeah, yeah. in that category. And uh, lately, my uh, withdrawals have been uh, frequent and uh, even more generous. <laughs> <laughs> the time. Wake up with Defoe. Joined by Louie. Welcome to the Defoe Show. Don't we all need to just get on a roll? Hey, uh, good morning, everybody. Great to be with you. Uh, Jeff DeForest, The Depot Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz here on South Florida Live and with you until 9 o'clock Eastern today. Later on in the program, we'll get into some NFL activity uh, with Brett Tesser, the agent of the stars, who's going to join us on this uh, Tuesday morning around 8.30. But uh, were it not for hypocrisy, Luby, I, I don't know that sports talk could exist. <laughs> There's speculation, I guess, with gambling now, and you have any number of people that have never gambled in their lives that are telling you what to bet on and how to go about your business and money management, and they're talking about all these things that they never really experienced. And that's, you know, what's in vogue right now. But uh, beyond that, if it wasn't for hypocrisy and speculation, uh, this would be kind of an an empty business. It would be pretty tough. We'd be reading transactions every day. Well, look at that. Uh, The Braves sent down so-and-so. And, um, you know, it, it would get down to real minutia. But with the hypocrisy that exists, there's plenty to talk about. And uh, certainly that's uh, the word that's being thrown about uh, and uh, bannered about about the National Football League. Uh, although it's kind of interesting because uh, was this uh, collectively bargained that an independent arbitrator yeah. w- would end up deciding these disciplinary cases? I believe that to be true, that uh, this was part of the yep. collective bargaining agreement that uh, in these situations – post Ray Rice and some of the other things that have happened yep. that instead of Roger Goodell being the uh, ultimate authority Probably. and the uh, person and the NFL people uh, hearing these disciplinary cases, uh, they would go before an independently assigned arbitrator in this case, a former federal judge. And uh, she was the one that issued the ruling yep. about the six game suspension of uh, Deshaun Watson. And uh, everybody is uh, laughing at that saying, oh, oh my God, what, what kind of message is that from the NFL? And it's, it's time they, you know, everybody has a soapbox today, Luby. even you, oh, uh, which I, is good. I joined the Greek and, yesterday uh, to jump on the soapbox. For, uh, something I didn't realize I was that passionate about. We talked about for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And the weird thing is that once he uh, signed that contract, uh, Deshaun Watson with the Cleveland Browns, where he's going to make a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed most of it, yeah. And he's going to make it no matter what. So uh, if he sits out six games and loses 345000 nothing, or, or sits out the entire season and comes back next year, uh, still, I mean, he's in a situation where it's not really punitive, is it? Uh, you know, if you knew that at a young age you could leave your uh, business for a year, but you were going to come back and make a quarter of a billion dollars in a very short period of time and then have the rest of your life to either, uh, you know, spend it and enjoy it, or um, even get involved in, in another career. I, I don't know how, how badly you would feel about uh, having to take the one year off. I mean, maybe you would look at it like, uh, okay, good. I've been taking hits since I was in Pop Warner. Uh, I've been doing this for a long, long time. You know, as long as I don't lose my competitive edge, 
I, I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, prosper uh, and I'll uh, sit out a year and uh, take it easy. Maybe even, uh, you know, learn something while I'm observing what goes on out there without having to play. And I'll come back. I'll be an even better player. I, I don't know that they really could have hurt Deshaun Watson that much by giving him the other 11 games uh, of this suspension, which everybody was calling for, is if that's somehow what was going to uh, qualify as uh, ultimate justice. I mean, if they really wanted to hurt the guy, they would have suspended him for five years mm. and said, you know what, if you're good enough to come back after that, holy Michael Vick, I mean, what are we talking about? Then, uh, okay, then, then come back and try to make a career of it. But in the meantime, we don't want your sorry ass representing <laughs> how we feel about women in our league. I mean, how could they possibly have hurt? Even if they suspended him for a year, would it really have been that harmful to Deshaun Watson's career? No, because he already had this thing lined up, and it was set up perfectly for him where, as you said when we were talking before the show, Luby, that uh, what does he lose? He loses $345,000 out of 200 and whatever it is, 70 million? Is that what it is? Uh, it's like 220, 270, like something like that. 230 million or something like that. So some ridiculous amount of money. People were lined up at gas stations and convenience stores, uh, you know, in the quest of a one in 300 million chance that they would hit for a billion dollars and or get some piece of that thing, which uh, you had any number of people that cashed a million. Would you feel badly? That's one of those things that happens at the track, right? You had five numbers and you didn't have like the mega million ball. So instead of getting 1.2 billion, you ended up with a million dollars. And it's like the guy at the track that hits for like two grand. He says, oh, my God, I could have had to try. Exactly. Two. I would have made five. You never focus on the win. You focus on the loss. Right. <laughs> like, hey, shut the fuck up. Just get your two grand. Why don't you exactly. buy a round of drinks for the people at the bar? Huh? Quit crying. You've been losing for weeks. <laughs> it's never good enough. Never. But the uh, bottom line is, and, and, yeah. and, you know, you gave a couple of great examples. Uh, this uh, Calvin Ridley, who, uh, you know, bet on games while he wasn't even playing. He was injured. He wasn't yep. involved in the uh, team's Anything. activity. So it wasn't like he was out there going to drop a pass on purpose no. so he could throw a game. No. Uh, he was betting actually on his own team, Mr. Pete Rose. To win. And to win. And, you know, if he, uh, you know, he's doing something that, that they're encouraging at every yeah. possible moment that there isn't a second that you don't see something about gambling oh my God. while watching an NFL game or any sporting event for uh, that matter. I mean, just any sport. What when Martina, that, I still can't get over that. Navratilova was speculating as to who would win the first game of a doubles match <laughs> on the FanDuel sports desk like for the tennis cares. channel. Martina. <laughs> okay. How sacred can you get then to have Martina Navratilova shilling for some betting site, speculating who's going to win the first game of a doubles match that uh, nobody would ever watch in a million years, uh, early round doubles match in a tennis tournament involving some scrabinis. And she's saying, well, you know what? I really like the people who were serving in this first game. <laughs> I'm like, oh, OK, thanks, Martina. <laughs> I'm going to call my Russian bookmaker and plunge on that, that right now. Uh, but the hypocrisy, Ridley out for a year for, for uh, like a minor. I mean, what was an innocuous amount of money, uh, just for an insignificant amount of money that he was betting it would be like us betting uh, maybe uh, $15 on a game. Yep. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden you, you can't you can't work for a year. That, that's that's crazy. Insane. And maybe, the, you know, issued a guy a warning. I, I guess he had already been warned and it was well known throughout the league that uh, the NFL didn't want its players and personnel betting. On football games, although it was perfectly okay for them to recommend that you bet on them yourself, and they didn't mind if these guys were betting on virtually anything else, right? He could have been betting 20-team soccer parlays, <laughs> unders, and they would have said, no problem, Cal. I mean, uh, that's great. You don't have a gambling problem. What you have <laughs> is, uh, you know, a, a, a spirit, a joie de vie. You're, you're embracing what's good in life. 
And that is having money bet on virtually every uh, move of a ball and or, uh, you know, uh, every motion that's made in, in a sporting event. Uh, Ricky, I mean, Ricky Williams, uh, how many uh, he basically was uh, kind better. of forced out of football, right? Yeah. Smoking weed. Yep. Uh, we saw Josh Gordon, uh, you know, his career uh, literally uh, went up in smoke because uh, he, he couldn't avoid, uh, you know, testing positive for marijuana. And uh, I don't know if it was other substances, but uh, seemed to me like the guy he had, a, you know, had a problem smoking weed. Yep. And, you know, he ended up getting like Brittany Griner treatment. Yep. Right. Where you're out of the league, man. I mean, it wasn't quite a Russian prison, but, uh, you know, they, they didn't uh, let this guy have much of a career after that. And he was always in a jackpot. And, and uh, there are a lot of negative aspersions go along with a guy who's being suspended because uh, uh, the reason goes out the window. You just realize, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy's a bad guy. He's been suspended for like two years. Yep. So uh, it's unfortunate. Um, personally, I, I don't know that they could have hurt Deshaun Watson once they allowed him to sign that deal prior to any determination being made. And the Cleveland Browns, of course, I mean, is Lombardi rolling over in his grave thinking, uh, how could you How could you do that? Winning isn't everything no. if you're involved in this sort of activity. You think? No. Oh, Vince would have changed his tune? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> it feels like football people... I mean, look, people weren't running to sign Watson, so I guess it tells you we're trying to trade for him. So it tells you people were sort of in lockstep outside of the Browns. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. It, it does feel like football people, even on this, were sort of like, eh. <laughs> well, and, and the NFL has gone uh, way out of its way and, uh, you know, obviously has a campaign going to try and yeah, the uh, pink. initiate, uh, you know, women uh, towards uh, in, enjoying football and getting them involved and buying product. And, uh, you know, they, they take great pride in the fact that, uh, that they've been making these moves, uh, you know, to try and uh, integrate women more into management and into coaching and all of these different things to try and bring about some uh, level of equality with women and or uh, at least uh, embrace them as being a big part of the success of the National Football League. And uh, it seems like in every one of these incidents, uh, they, they kind of uh, go in the exact opposite direction. Although, well, once again, I, I, I think, you know, if the NFL, uh, do they go ahead and appeal this now? They have three days to appeal uh, the ruling. And uh, the NFL Players Association said, man, we're good with that. They were probably opinion. thinking the guy was going to get at least a year's suspension. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just uh, it, it reeks of hypocrisy and, and, and it's unfortunate. And uh, the inequality uh, in terms of uh, the way suspensions are handed out uh, for various offenses. Uh, Ridley's gambling offense pales in comparison to whatever strangeness was involved in the whole Deshaun Watson thing. There, there, there was something you would have to say that was slightly abnormal about his behavior and, and uh, with regard to women. Okay, that's my thing. I'm not calling that, you know, the evidence shows that. I think there's different, and the professor and I have talked about this, I don't think every crime is equal, and I do think there is a difference between a guy who, <laughs> Darren Sharper, who we know is drugging women and raping them, to no woman accused Watson of that. Um, yeah. So I, I won't just put him, lump him in the same place as those people. But again, he's with a team. They have a masseuse. He can go to... Any place, my wife gets a massage weekly. He can go to any massage parlor. He has plenty of money. The fact that he's going to this underground woman through Instagram and it's over 60 women, it's a little strange. Now, again, supposedly the woman knew, the women knew. Okay, fine. That's why there isn't any criminal charges because it was. it's in a gray area. But it's still, it's a little hinky. It's a little weird. And it's gone on for like two years. So to me, no, you weren't going to punish Watson. Once the Browns gave him a contract, He's good. But the idea was just the principle of the whole freaking thing. You're going to go on this long 
and give them six, six games with 17 games. And their yeah. division isn't what it was. The Steelers are, are a question mark. Look, the Bengals are better. The Ravens are solid. But both the Ravens and Steelers are question marks. Like, and the Browns are loaded, like literally loaded. Like, if the quarterback just doesn't totally ruin everything, they should be able to win two of the six games. So they can come back with a chance to make the playoffs. That's my problem. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. He's horrendous. But he I don't know if he's is a turnover guy. He, he, he's uh, somewhat competent. He, exactly. Backup, he, no? He's not going to light it up, but he's not turnover guy, right? They have a good defense. They have a good run game. They, yeah. have, they brought back Landry. They brought in Amari Cooper and Joko, who's a really solid tight end. Like, if the quarterback just doesn't get in their way, they can win a couple games. So yeah. you suspend him, but they still can make the playoffs. Like it, To me, it should be punitive to the Browns. It's not going to be punitive to Watson, but the Browns were the one team that went and made this deal. They should get pe- penalized at least a year. Six games is like, it's stupid. <laughs> like It's just, okay, yeah. all that yeah, for six games. Yeah. <laughs> like, Do they end up reducing that? Does he appeal that uh, you know, after four games? and uh, like Didn't they let Ben Roethlisberger back in after like three? Yeah. Uh, even though it appeared that he he was uh, you know involved in an egregious assault of a woman, and uh, that that was kind of overlooked. Now, now the hypocrisy uh, mounts up though and piles up even deeper when you're talking about the NFL. Uh, you know, here's Bob Kraft. I mean, come uh, on. And you mentioned this, Louis. Bob Kraft is uh, you know caught in a sting while, while the police are not investigating Bob Kraft, but he just happens to walk into a place that the police are investigating because of sex trafficking. And some uh, hideous, I mean, just absolutely diabolical, uh, you know, assertions that were being made about this massage parlor. Uh, Kraft walks in there and he walks out. Uh, hey, no problem. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the NFL has, uh, I would imagine, in this case, they're, they're overstepping the authority of uh, law enforcement because there were no criminal charges filed against Deshaun Watson. And so uh, if that was going to be the criteria if he was guilty of criminal acts or not, he obviously is not guilty of criminal acts, at least in the eyes of uh, whoever uh, was uh, maybe uh, going to prosecute or attempting to prosecute that case in Texas. No, uh, two grand juries uh, both passed on that. And and uh, the truth is, and uh, unfortunately, I know this from experience, uh, any lawyer will tell you a grand jury can indict this pen if you ask them to. Exactly. If the prosecutors, uh, you know, they, they, they can indict an inanimate object. I mean, they almost always sign off on an indictment. If, uh, you know, and, and filing charges and prosecution, if the prosecution is in front of a grand jury to begin with, uh, very rarely uh, there's a grand jury saying, nah, I don't see nothing. <laughs> so, so that's already a little bit strange. And, uh, you know, and, and saying that, then you're thinking, all right, well, there really was no basis then for a criminal trial because the prosecutors couldn't even get this by a Texas grand jury. Two of them yep. both passed. El pass a room, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen very often because uh, you'll see charges brought and, and then a negotiation would take place between the prosecutors and uh, Watson's attorneys, Defense, like yeah. well, whether or not there was uh, going to be any kind of a plea agreement or anything of, of that nature. But uh, the indictment is almost always a certainty in, in criminal cases. So, uh, you know, that, that, Probably uh, lined up well in terms of uh, Watson's defense uh, that he shouldn't be suspended at all. But if you are going to take a separate category and say, well, NFL players and uh, NFL personnel are going to be held to a higher standard, then why wasn't Bob Kraft held to that (laughs) higher standard? It was actually sort of worse because he was going into a seedy spa. Yeah. Getting handies, which he frequented a lot. That, that's the other thing. A lot. They all and, know him there. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? Right. Yep. And all it was Asian girls. in the middle yeah. of a sex trafficking ring. Like to me, that's worse. He's a billionaire. Watson was at least some twenty-two-year-old kid. He's a billionaire, grown old man. 
like he should know better, and he yeah. gets nothing. <laughs> it was like, okay. They don't even look into it. Nothing. Yeah. Like, were dropped what? on the technicality, and, uh, you know, th- nothing really came of it. But the NFL said nothing about it. Zero. Roger Goodell never questioned whether Man. Bob Kraft should be up for any kind of uh, discipline. Uh, even though in, in this case, I mean, they agonized over this for uh, over like a year. Years. Yeah, it's been like this two whole years. thing with Deshaun Watson. And then uh, most people were anticipating that they would, you know, give the uh, sort of token obligatory one year suspension. He'd come back, he'd make his money and uh, all would be forgotten. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it turned out to be uh, maybe the worst case scenario. Although, uh, I mean, uh, you do have to continue to, you know, put the uh, little asterisk there and say that this wasn't the NFL's decision yeah. on its own. That this was done by an independent arbitrator who uh, was hired by both sides to uh, do exactly what she was supposed to do, which was uh, supposedly be objective about this. Although people are dissatisfied that she wasn't objective enough. <laughs> She's too objective. Right? She I mean, no, you have it in your head all the time. <laughs> Halloway Bird scores the fight. You're like, really? Like, what are you watching? Canelo's in the hospital there. The other guy's jumping up and down in the ring on the ropes there and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, meanwhile, uh, he's a loser, 118, 110. I'll figure. All right, so that, that was the big thing, and it's going to spark a lot of conversation. But, they, uh, you know, the end result is that uh, this guy's got an inconsequential suspension by most people's uh, belief. And uh, we'll be back in the league. He'll have 11 games to uh, go ahead and see what he can do with the Browns this year. If their eyes were on next year, thinking that he might be suspended for a whole season, they get to jump on that. Yep. And uh, as you said, Luby, they have enough, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, on do. paper, uh, offensive personnel. Uh, they should be better. I always thought they should have been better when Baker Mayfield was they quarterback in the team. They should have been better, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, at one time they had like Odell and Beckham OBJ. out there uh, catching yeah. passes. My God. Yeah, and he definitely and, has something And left. Jarvis Landry. Yep. So... Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you would think that they would get more uh, out of uh, what talent they have on the field. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, interesting. I mean, uh, we always tease uh, Tony Segreto about the thing where he would go through the schedule. And we were talking about it yesterday where uh, it's impossible to predict what's going to happen in week 15 of the National Football League season when you're looking at the preseason schedule and you're saying that's a win, that's a loss, that's a win, that's a loss. And, and a lot of people are doing that now because they're trying to decide uh, what they're going to do with over-under yeah, totals. Season totals, yeah. I don't have the patience necessarily. I mean, the only time we really exhibited that kind of patience, and it turned out to be agony. Marlins. Uh, even uh, the, the year that we won, finally, when we had the uh, drive for 25 with the Marlins in the uh, COVID-shortened 60-game season, and that was the one time when we were dancing in the streets because it looked like they were easily going to eclipse that uh, from the pace they were playing at all through the season. Now, the other years when we had the over on like 71 and 75, it was such ugliness. And, and imagine how ugly it would be this year, which uh, another lifeless, listless effort by the Miami Marlins last night against the lowly Cincinnati Reds, who, who seemed to own the Marlins, uh, certainly on the road they did. I guess they split a four-game series recently, and uh, the Marlins had snapped an eight-game losing streak on the road to the Cincinnati Reds. Holy Forbes field. And, uh, and, and then last night, I mean, just uh, they're sitting there 3 nothing in the ninth inning. Looked like they might pull off a miracle. And uh, they bring up on uh, one of their off-season acquisitions. Uh, what's it, Stallings? Is that the name of the catcher? Jacob Stallings, yeah, Jacob Stallings from the Pirates. Uh, and he he got a couple Pirates of hints out. recently, and I think he got his average above the Mendoza line, but it was another one of these uh, Kim Eng acquisitions that's hovering right around 200, and he comes up with the bases loaded down 3-1. Uh, the Reds hit. reliever was getting torched. I mean, he had nothing. Throws a couple of meatballs right over the center of the plate, and uh, this guy pops out to end the ball game, and that was it. 
uh, lose three one. Now what? Uh, eight games under uh, five hundred. Late stage of the season. Two months to go. Really nothing to write home about. Uh, there was some conversation that they would be involved, uh, and the trade deadline is tonight. There was a lot of activity in Major League Baseball. Uh, Josh Hadar. Yeah. That was a strange trade, huh? Now, now, was his contract up or something with Milwaukee? Uh, Why would Milwaukee, who's in the race? Are they contending? I was going to say, I thought they I was like, maybe they're not contending. I haven't heard much about I, them. I, this year. I think, uh, you know, I think they're in uh, pretty good shape. I, I could grab the standings here. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, I thought yeah, they were they're right leading up their division. There. They're leading yeah. their division. Yeah. Does Hader suck now? Like, I, like, do they need more no, hitting? No, Hader's great. He has, he has 28 saves. Uh, they need more hitting? Uh, they, they traded him for a guy, though. They got back a guy from San Diego who has 27 saves on the season. Oh, so they got another closer guy. Okay. Yeah. He must I, be I saw up. one Hader uh, meltdown, but in general, when Hader comes into the game, I mean, it's over. It, it really is. He must it's be like, up uh, for Diaz contract. now with the Mets. Yeah, he must be up for contract. Maybe. I, I don't know, because uh, they sent Hadar uh, and got back the Padres closer, which is kind of an odd thing, because the Padres closer what was having a pretty good season. He was right there, one save behind, as I said, uh, Josh Hadar. Uh, now, uh, is it uh, more imposing to bring in Josh Hadar out of the bullpen in the ninth inning and, and your team has the lead? You would have to think yes, Luby, right? But it's uh, kind of like uh, when, uh, you know, any great closer would come in. Uh, when, when Araldis Chapman was on his game, I mean, you knew that nobody was even going to touch a ball. There was a pretty good chance he'd throw nine pitches and strike out all three guys. Pretty much. Uh, and Hader uh, is sort of in that boat. So uh, that was odd, though, because uh, it did include the Padres closer, and the team was in first place. So uh, I don't know uh, what the uh, parameters uh, of the thinking uh, were for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers in that case, but they sent like four guys to San Diego, and uh, they got back uh, the uh, – uh, well, they got back four guys, Milwaukee, and uh, they sent Hadar to San Diego. San Diego all in and supposedly, uh, you know, still alive. If there's any chance of Otani uh, getting traded by the uh, Angels, uh, the uh, uh, Los Angeles Angels, uh, then uh, they, they're in the mix there with uh, two other teams, right? Dodgers also interested. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Otani go to the Yankees, wouldn't you? It'd oh, be pretty good. cool to see this guy, uh, you know, uh, playing in New York. I, I don't know why. I just uh, think that would have been like a really I'd rather cool Chicago thing. than if you're talking about big city. Screw the Yankees. <laughs> the, Yankees. But the Cubs aren't good enough. Uh, you know, know, at least yeah, uh, the know, White Sox are good in like a World Series spotlight. Imagine. Aren't the White Sox good? The guy. Oh, they're not. Um, the White Sox are okay. The White Sox are uh, in the chase. They're in the AL wild card chase. Oh, you're talking about the White Sox? Yeah, I'm just Chicago, the city. Yeah. I don't care what team. Yeah. Like, yeah. New York has enough right now. The Yankees and the Mets are just drilling people. Like, Well, that's this year. I mean, you know, they've had, uh, you know, the Yankees uh, have been prominent now, uh, you know, in, in recent years. The Mets have been floundering, floundering, Louie, for a long, long time, and they finally got it together. Uh, DeGrom uh, pitches tonight, by the way. That, that's going to oh, be a wow. big okay. trade deadline uh, acquisition. Now, it's yeah. interesting, too, because uh, – I think you have to uh, lay 300 to win 100 on the Mets tonight. Yeah, probably. Uh, wouldn't this be the time to bet against the Mets? They've yep. just won eight in a row, and, and they bring DeGrom back, and, and DeGrom just got touched up a little bit uh, in his AAA rehab start, and, and it was the only time that he was ineffective in the rehab starts that he made. I guess, uh, you know, he was too overwhelming for the uh, yeah, people that were down there playing for the, uh, <laughs> the Nashville shrimp or whatever. Single A. Like, are you kidding me? It's like me against yeah. my nephew. <laughs> a little too much for them. DeGrom against the Nationals tonight. Now, the Nationals, not a very good team. Uh, they, they're oh, floundering wow. at the bottom of their division and uh, or, or near it. And, uh, yeah, they are in last place. Yeah, they're right? worse the than the Marlins. Yeah, yep. last place in the East. Uh, you uh, get plus 230 on the Nationals tonight. Okay. You have to lay 300 to win 100 on the Mets. The Mets have won eight in a row. If they were ever going to lose, it would be with DeGrom uh, not having it tonight. 
And um, wow, he, he's uh, had, uh, has he had Tommy John also? He's starting to look like Tommy John Degrom, isn't he? He's morphing into Tommy John <laughs> physically. Uh, I'm rooting for him, uh, you know, and, and I, I would like to see the Mets uh, do something this year for the long-suffering Met fans that are out there. Our good friend Mike Nyman, Ira the Met fan, I mean, he deserves it, doesn't he? Guys up there uh, in the high 80s, like the temperatures these days, and, uh, you know, you're on borrowed time at that point. Which uh, we do have to say a special hello, and uh, I hope he's able to catch the show uh, to our good friend Andy, who oh, uh, him back now. in the hospital again. Oh, oh my God. I don't know if he wants to. Uh, last week. What's details. going on with him? Oh, Andy. Nothing good, man. I mean, uh, they gave him a standing eight count when they picked him up. Again? But unfortunately, he wasn't standing at the time. So I had to uh, shove him in Thursday. the ambulance to take him off to the hospital. Yeah. No. Uh, it comes and goes, man. I mean, uh, look, you can't put a high enough price on, on your health. Mike yeah, we don't, th- we don't think that. We did that for granted. A lot of people <laughs> do much better financially, but they have a lot of shit wrong with them. So I guess there's oh something to be said yeah. that in and me, out of hospitals you are 71 and God, you haven't really dealt with any, <laughs> anything. People thought Nothing. you'd be dead by now yeah. <laughs> and you're just coasting. Oh, I should have been dead by now. There's no question. <laughs> All that coke in the early 80s. <laughs> my God, I don't know what I was doing. And it was pure. I mean, right off the uh, Colombian vine, uh, you know, it was crazy what was going on here in Miami. Everybody had it, too. Like, you'd walk into your boss and, uh, you know, he'd be doing coke with his secretary, you know, on the desk there. <laughs> and you're like, like, the it was hell? everywhere, right? Middle of the day. It didn't matter, right? You're at a radio station or a television station. Hey, you want to do a bump? Yeah, okay. No problem. <laughs> He's walking around whacked out of their minds. That was the early 80s here in uh, South Florida. If you fell victim to that, some people had to discipline to stay out of it. Uh, I wish I had. Now, now, looking back on it, I mean, it wasn't a pretty, uh, you know, scenario. And, uh, of course, uh, it went, when uh, I guess it was a couple of years ago when I had that knee surgery, I had to go bench, get a bunch of tests. And finally, uh, you know, a, a very credible uh, heart doctor here in town looks at me and says, your heart is in perfect shape. And I said, well, did you mix up the x-rays or something? Because... Uh, <laughs> You're expecting the opposite. You're confused. That's impossible. Like, that's what the that's fuck? absolutely <laughs> fucking impossible. Like I was trying hard to really fuck myself up. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, there were days, uh, you know, I mean, where you're up like 48 hours. And oh, you're, my you're God. You're wired going, I'm fine. I can go to work. I'm fine. <laughs> People are talking to you like totally paranoid. It, it was unbelievable. Anyway. Anywho, should have been suspended for that, right? Who, who am I talking sanctimoniously about? See, now, I, I don't know that <laughs> it, it matters. It, it, that's the thing with me, with Deshaun Watson and all of this. I mean, people are going to be babbling about this for a long, long time. Uh, you know, the Ray Rice thing kind of showed where Roger Goodell was at until the video came out. I mean, a two-game suspension for this. We've seen uh, other guys with absolutely heinous uh, assaults and crimes against women, and uh, it, it's overlooked. It, it, is it just part of the whole football mentality uh luby like being a football guy uh, you know where you have like urban meyer and he's got this uh, spousal abuser on his staff but because he was a guy that he was introduced to by his idol uh, was like oh i don't want to do nothing about that <laughs> it seems to happen in football i don't want to say a lot but it seems to happen it seems to happen in football like you'll see these coaches are just sort of allowed to uh, I didn't know. <laughs> really? You were at the party with your wife. You yeah. saw it. Your wife has texts. <laughs> it's potentially testimony. I said, yeah, sure. What the hell are you Could guys doing? something going on there. 
So I, I don't know. I, I guess, uh, you know, the point I'm trying to make is that it's sort of pointless to uh, get all uh, upset about this because, uh, A, it happens all the time. Not not the uh, sexual assaults. That shouldn't be taking place. Uh, but uh, with, with the National Football League, where you're sitting there and you're appalled at, at one of their disciplinary rulings, thinking, how can you say on one hand that you're uh, so involved with women's causes and you're standing up for uh, their... Uh, they never know what to do, though, right? Like uh, with the kneeling issue uh, with Colin Kaepernick and, uh, you know, all of the subsequent things that happened after that with regard to uh, players wanting to make statements about social injustice, which uh, they have every right to do. I, I don't know. There's a time and a place for everything, I guess. What would you say, uh, Luby? I mean, You're if that was going to get uh, people's attention and actually do some good, then, then I'm uh, all for it, right? Where in general, I, I am a, uh, you know, in spite of my liberal beliefs, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, they raise the flag. I salute. I'm, I'm very happy yeah, yeah. to be a citizen in the United States of America. Right? I, I Which, agree, uh, but I'm not going to tell. Know, I never. I've always thought it wasn't my place to tell someone else what to do. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was the whole point of it. <laughs> like freedom, exactly, yeah, the freedom uh, thing. <laughs> you know, I don't agree with it, but yeah, do you? you know, Whatever. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, you could make any kind of a statement. Any look, look, civil disobedience has always been a part of the process of yes, you know, trying to have a democracy. Unfortunately, everything has gone you know haywire, haywire yeah. and completely out of control. So uh, I don't even know how you would define civil disobedience anymore. Seems to me, uh, you know, people think of it, uh, and you know, all you can conjure up are images of some nutbag running into a mall and uh, shooting him up with an AR forty seven, AK forty seven, and the government sitting there going background checks. <laughs> That's a lot of work for a guy to do at a gun show. (laughs) Might have to check the guy's driver's license or something. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah, you know what? Just give him the gun. (laughs) This is what the world has come to. All right, uh, a lot of activity, uh, trading activity, Major League Baseball. uh, Mike Louie Lewis, are you following any of this? I'm not sure that I can really. Uh, report with any uh, deep credibility uh, about the significance of it. Uh, we do know that the Yankees acquired a bunch of pitching. They were worried about holes, both uh, in their starting rotation. They were starting to melt down a little bit. And, and the bullpen, uh, and they went out there, and Brian Cashman got uh, whatever they thought they needed, which was great. Although uh, not in the uh, Juan Soto chase, which I'm not sure how heavy that is going to be pursued. Well, when these teams put, uh, you know, like ridiculous – uh, parameters around what they want back for a player that uh, they're obviously going to trade at some point, like a Kevin Durant or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mitchell, uh, you know, in the NBA and uh, Soto, I guess, Otani. I'm not sure, you know, what, what they'd want back uh, for uh, Shohei Otani, the Angels. But, uh, I mean, uh, the, the deals just never happen, right? I mean, it's not happening. Not worth it. For the uh, end of the season. I mean, it's unrealistic uh, what they were looking to reap back for this uh and I don't know. It would have been nice to see a couple of these players uh, go to contending teams. Seeing Otani on the Angels, it's unfortunate. Trout's out of the uh, lineup there. I don't know. He says he's coming back, but it doesn't look so great. And, uh, you know, it was just a couple of years ago, they were all in on everybody, the uh, Los Angeles Angels. Yep. All in on everybody. And now they're, they're going to get rid of Otani. I mean, can you imagine? What, what, a, what a turnaround and what a turnoff for the fans uh, to take, uh, you know, probably the most would you say who is Aaron Judge a, a bigger attraction than, than Shohei Otani if Otani's pitching and also in the batting order? That's the thing is Aaron Judge is really doing cool stuff, but Otani can do all of that from the plate and then be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Like, there's nothing like if Otani's pitching, you get to see him on both yeah. sides. There's nothing like that. We have, I, in my lifetime, I mean, maybe if you grew up with Babe Ruth, 
Got to go like, back to Babe Ruth, yeah. Yeah, my lifetime, I would say my parents' lifetime, we've never seen that. A guy that does both and then is great at both. You've had good hitting pitchers. I mean, there have been yeah. pitchers that have been used as pinch hitters. Don't Bob try. Gibson was a, a great hitting pitcher. You didn't mind seeing him at the plate. Uh, you know, even though, uh, I don't know, was, was he going to hit like 340 for the season? No, but, uh, you know, he, he was very capable. And you've had pitchers that were capable of hitting home runs, but nothing like this. I mean, we haven't seen anything like this yet. You're right, since uh, like the 1920s, Luby. Got to go back to the Boston. And when he was playing in Boston, not even with the Yankees, right? They, they shoved him out in right field. Hey, babe. Let's put you somewhere where nobody hits the ball. What kind of fielder <laughs> was the babe? Was, was he any good? Does anybody recall? I mean, I don't think he was more Should, athletic. Uh, check on some. Anybody in our audience <laughs> actually go to a game where Babe Ruth was playing? No, I can't Congratulations. Be can't be what are your health secrets? Yeah, what would you be, 110? <laughs> How would that even be? Didn't he play in the 20s? Well, <laughs> like, it's, it's the 20s Russell now. Russell was born in the 30s. He was 88. So uh, he was born in 34. Like, you'd be like it's possible that, that It's possible that we have some old geezer out there. That, like 105? That, that we have nothing but respect for you if you're still alive. Yeah, good for you. That was at a game where Babe Ruth was playing uh, when they were a baby. And you found us online. <laughs> and you're watching us on YouTube. That's a combination. Devo Kennedy's Twitter. Yeah, they got Twitter. their cell phone out there having a couple of brews before it 106. hits 7 o'clock. Yeah. Good for you. Because right, we were choosing to do Devo in your show. hundreds. <laughs> I feel like you should do something else. really funny. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it. All right, so, uh, yeah, Yanks got some pitching. Uh, there were a couple of other things of significance. That Hadar deal kind of surprised me a little bit. I, I thought he was Elliot Ness, you know, like untouchable. Josh Hainar uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers, and, and you would imagine, but it, it's just so weird. They got a guy back that was right there with him, toe to toe in terms of saves uh, this year. So, uh, very, very interesting. St. Louis seems to be in play for everybody. How do they do that? And, uh, you know, you also saw uh, another piece of ugliness. I mean, the back end of that uh, Robinson Cano contract, uh, where I think the Mets had to pay the guy $37 million or something this year, as a uh, memory signed like a 10 year deal. Who was that with? Seattle? That he signed a long-term deal, and then he's bounced around since. He's been a shell of himself, and he was designated for assignment. Still cashing $37 million. So when you're paying $11 for a hot dog, is there a correlation there? Or is that just, you know, the fact that you're a sitting duck when you're at a stadium or an arena, and, you know, they don't care yeah. about price gouging or things of that nature? I mean, is this in any way a reflection of the salaries that are being paid? No, no. Because uh, – the enormity of the salaries in professional sports today, I, I don't know that anybody, you know, I mean, you just wonder, is it all from broadcasting rights where and, oh, and merchandising players. where, you know, this money is coming from because it's coming from somewhere because the owners aren't losing any money. I, I don't know. No, no. Are, are the Marlins really swimming in a sea of red ink or are they just making money hand over fist because of the escalation of the value of the franchise, which it's hard to imagine that it's worth more than Bruce Sherman paid for it. Uh, a few years later. They're not making money like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Cubs, but they're making money. No one's not making money. Like, no, like, they, they, yeah, I mean, the TV did, did you see the crowd so last absurd. night? Uh, I tuned in, actually, it was like the eighth inning, so people probably aren't even home, although it was very early. But they start this game at like five in the afternoon or something? I don't know, six Perfect. Let's start it at rush hour. <laughs> really have no one there. <laughs> you have like no shot to get there uh, anywhere near game time, uh, you know, which was reflected in the number of people that were in the stands when I. Turn the game on. I mean, it's tragic, Luby. August first, yesterday, and uh, I mean, there, there could have been eight people in the in the grandstand. I respect the one lady that had the seat right behind home plate because she was there to the final pitch. <laughs> well, they had a chance. 
You should have stayed at the end of it. That was one of those situations where the reliever was so bad that came in for the Cincinnati Reds, and he had just been shelled by the Marlins and given up a three-run walk-off homer the last time he was in there to close out a game. When the Marlins came back with like a miracle and pulled off a win in Cincinnati like a week or so ago, uh, same guys on the hill, and uh, I mean, everything except for the fact, could it have possibly been that Angel Hernandez was behind home plate last night? No, Jesus. do I want to say yes to really? that? <laughs> that guy, he's still. He's oh still man, ups. I mean, uh, there were a couple of uh, you know calls. <laughs> like, I, and, and you know, the other thing that really boggles my mind though, about like Major League Baseball when, when you're watching a guy, he's up there, he's hitting like two twelve, okay, which isn't even half bad if you're looking yeah, at batting averages on all teams, even teams that are contending. I mean, have one guy maybe that it's hitting three hundred and it's just slightly above, and then. Maybe a couple of guys in there above 275, and everybody else is hitting like 240, yep, yep. 220. Yep. This, this is throughout Major League Baseball. Yeah, but yeah. but if you're if you're a weak hitter, I mean, what was what was the one thing that everybody, every coach since you were in uh, sub little league, since you were in t-ball, when the ball's sitting there on a tee, and and they would tell you what, protect the plate. I mean, uh, you, you can't you just stare at a pitch that goes right down the middle of the plate, uh, a mediocre fastball uh, in there in the low 90s. I mean, uh, literally, and, and I'm watching Marlin hitters with guys on base. They get first and second, nobody out, bottom of the ninth, uh, you know, and, and now you have the tying run coming to the plate here. They're down 3 nothing. Pitcher obviously doesn't have uh, great stuff, and, uh, you know, he's a guy that you just shelled and should be shell-shocked. He has, like, a, an earned run average. That, that really does look like, uh, you know, uh, Dennis Erickson's blood alcohol level when he was caught that time sleeping in a stoplight in Palm Beach. Was that Erickson? That might have been. That was, I think, our bud. Oh, that was Tony Lewis. Yeah, oh. yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, you get the picture. I mean, this guy was very vulnerable out there on the hill. It was almost as if Cincinnati, uh, we were going to find an investigation that Pete Rose had money <laughs> on the Marlins last night. The guy's still and out there. in honor of the fact that he's been... Uh, you know, uh, been treated uh, unfairly by Major League Baseball in terms of being held out of the game forever for for making bets now, which they're encouraging you to, uh, you know, go ahead and bet on the Marlins while they're down 3 nothing in the ninth <laughs> inning. Right? Odds are being posted. Hey, look at that. You get plus 1,200 if you want to bet these stinking rotten, always yeah, getting right shut now. out Marlins <laughs> right who can't, now. you know, hit their way out of a wet paper bag. Exactly. Now, jump on it, people. Right? <laughs> Some guy that. dancing. Okay, here's your chance. Okay, we'll hold up the next pitch. That timeout, timeout. <laughs> Money's coming in. Then throw the money in. <laughs> It'd be funny if Manfred himself was on the phone, like taking bets. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, you want the Marlins? Yeah, plus twelve hundred. <laughs> He's like screaming okay. at people. Two hundred on him. Oh, we got two hundred plus twelve hundred. Take a timeout. <laughs> guy steps out of the box. Pitcher steps off the rubber. They got a commercial, uh, and, and the money comes pouring in. So uh, anyway, uh, and, and then. Just just some hard, I mean, uh, you know, at-bats where, where guys, literally, uh, two guys, I think, struck out looking in succession, uh, looking at a call third strike right down the middle of the plate. I mean, how do you not swing at that? How badly fooled could you be? That, that you don't even take a feeble attempt to get a bat on the ball. I mean, these are professional hitters. Uh, no wonder they're hitting. Uh, the Mendoza line is going to have to be lower. Did, yeah. did anybody hit 150 for their yeah. career? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Choo Choo Coleman? It'll be the Choo Choo Coleman line. I think he hit like a career 189 or something uh, along those uh, levels. But he was a great defensive catcher, greatest low ball catcher ever to uh, play the game. 
Uh, anyway, uh, a feeble at bats, and, and very hard to uh, to watch this, uh, Louie. I, I oh, don't no. know. I mean, uh, I if you try. could ever see a team in town that, that was just bottoming into uh, a complete position of fan indifference, yeah, it, it's the Miami Marlins in baseball. Yeah, which we, we've wanted to embrace for how long? I mean, we really we wanted to get into this thing, and I mean, it, it doesn't even seem like it's years away. It seems like it's forever away that you're going to have a time where it's going to be exciting uh, to be a Marlins fan. Now, I don't know. I mean, do the teams in other cities find themselves in the same position? I guess there are some. And I don't know what the fans the think A's, about that, but, uh, this was a, yeah, but this was a team that didn't have fans to begin with. The A's at least play, uh, you know, representative baseball. The, the dark cloud there is that it wasn't a great market for some reason. While San Francisco is selling out every night, the A's draw flies. Yeah. And yet, They've been one of the better franchises, uh, you know, playing Billy Beanball there because uh, how the hell are they always in contention? They're, they're pretty much the Rays uh, of the West, the uh, Oakland A's. I yeah, mean, they, yep. they've, they've been very accomplished for, you know, the fact that they've Cheers. been a downtrodden, we have to get out of this place uh, franchise forever. We have none of that here, though. There's no talk of like, wow, we got to get a new stadium. When will that surface? That the problem is the ballpark and where it's located, and so we need to build a new one, Luby. And uh, which politician will jump on board to spearhead the movement here? Still, one of the greatest Ponzi schemes ever, uh, the uh, Samson-Loria ownership of the Miami Marlins, which uh, they purchased as the Florida Marlins. uh, And and then somehow, I mean, we're, we're handed a situation where the team wins a World Series, and they did everything in their power to decimate what was going on after that. Although there were a couple of attempts, I guess, feigned attempts to actually try and do something. And uh, none of it worked. Like nothing's ever worked. (laughs) Going all the way back to, I guess, 2003 now. So you're you're talking about 19 straight years of uh, total futility with no clear-cut path out of it. And, you know, where do they stand? Do they have anybody? I mean, outside of uh, Pablo, I guess, is still uh, a member of the team. Everybody was saying he was going to be traded, which uh, still might happen. Pablo Lopez. Yeah. Uh, but what do they have? I mean, do they have anybody there uh, that you would say, oh, my God, we have to keep this guy Jazz Chisholm? Chisholm, but he's hurt. Guy? And now he is, it's a back issue. So he's going to miss most, pretty much the rest of this year. So you don't know what he's going to be coming back. And Alcantara. Alcantara's the one guy, even they were like, yeah. oh, he's untouchable. Well, that's good. At least someone's untouchable. <laughs> yes. So you expected fully uh, for him to be traded. But for what? Yeah. I mean, uh, what what is it that they're going to try to piece together? I don't know. They don't over. have enough pieces to piece anything together is the problem. And it's not like you're looking at any of these guys. Every guy that gets up there is in like 213, Luby, with seven homers and yep. uh, 26 RBIs. Even our man Miggy, unfortunately, is like uh, floundering at 244 of the season. So, I mean, if you're not going to have power in your lineup, you really need to have guys that can hit the ball consistently. And uh, the Marlins have neither. And then their pitching wasn't as good as they hoped it was going to be. Because uh, aside from Alcantara, Pablo was having a good season until he got torched. Uh, they, they really have nothing, right? Nothing, movie. It's a sad state of affairs, my friend. It's a joke. Reflected by the fact that there were three people in the stands last night. Uh, e- even if it was, uh, it, it was like the eighth inning. It was only like like nine thirty, maybe. Would they start that game at six or something? Not sure. Well, I look, guess it, it went was, quickly because nobody hits. It was a loser mentality. We said it at the time, and we were the home, so I couldn't push it so far. But when we'd be at the, the, the openings and Glenn Geffner, and then we would have Michon, and then we would have yeah. uh, uh, GM at the time. I forgot his name, Mike, whatever his name is. Um, we would be Mike like, we, they yeah. would be like, look, you know, we're gonna we're trying to build a farm system, and we're gonna 
get rid of legit superstars who are good now and affordable, except for Stanton, and get rid of them for young guys that maybe can be really good, and then we're going to be the Astros and the Dodgers. No, you got rid of really good players for young guys who, like most of us thought, would turn out to be shit, and now you're in the <laughs> same exact spot. Like Now you have young arms that are hurt all the time because your training staff sucks, and you don't have hitters. Like, man to a man, Mish, even Mish, who Mish is unbiased. Mish was like, look, their farm system sucks. Who gives a shit? They had real bats. Like, in a league that's about bats, they had real. They had four bats. Ozuna since then has been legit. Yelich has been an MVP candidate. Stanton, look, when healthy, is still Stanton. Like, and they had a reason. Freaking uh, Real Muto has been legit. He's going to be highly sought after again. Like, you brought those guys up. You made them something. And then you get rid of them for a bunch of prospects that have done nothing. Like, come on, man. Like, sure, and now you're going to yeah. do it again. Like, that's, you, you're not wrong. Like, if you're going to have a loser mentality, it's worked Three times. The Cubs, who have now back in that thing again, because it really doesn't work long-term. The Astros and the Dodgers. Well, the Astros and Dodgers, the minute they had a chance to start spending, and all they do is spend now, so that loser crap was for like two years. They didn't, like, once they saw that they had a chance, they want all in. Like, the Marlins haven't done that. The Marlins no. built this rotation. That they would claim they were not in a position to do it. Yeah, go and, screw uh, yourself. That's unfortunate, but... Uh, it does seem like, uh, if you were looking for just, uh, you know, complete and, and total indifference that uh, they have achieved that in a market that does want to embrace anybody that wins. I mean, uh, the Miami Heat uh, certainly have developed a, a fan base that's very solid. Panthers, uh, unfortunately, I mean, uh, this year didn't necessarily turn things around for them. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they suffer at the box office. Uh, you know, and it was always questionable. I, I don't know how many uh, hours I spent on the air Libby, over the years uh, debating as these sports were being brought up as possibilities to come to South Florida. Yeah. And it was all around the same period of time there, yep. late 80s, late 80s, early 90s. 90s yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people would call in one after another. Hey, you think it's going to make it down here? I mean, the people don't really care about hockey. I know we got all these freaks from Montreal. And you thought, well, I mean, it's possible, right, that, that you could get people excited about it. But um, they really haven't, you know. Yeah, they don't try. Over. <laughs> And in the beginning, I mean, it was wild. I, I remember, you know, you wanted to be a part of the atmosphere yeah. uh, when the uh, team went to the Stanley Cup final that year. Uh, what was that, 96, 97? And um, that that season, uh, their third season, it, it was amazing. But th that momentum gathered late in the year, and then it became a phenomenon. It was fantastic. I mean, we had that, that same sort of thing here. You have to go all the way back to uh, – 97, really, uh, was the World Series where the entire city was uh, all of a sudden rallying around uh, Marlins baseball, and they were relatively new. But, uh, you know, they came back and they won another World Series improbably by doing exactly, I mean, they actually, you know, under the direction, I guess, initially of uh, the great Dave Dombrowski, Dombrowski yep. they, they sold off all of these guys that and he had acquired, it, and he's one of these guys that's all in. I mean, you talk about Holy Johnny Chan. This guy shovels all in. He did it uh, everywhere that he's been. Right. He doesn't he doesn't care. He's kind of got like a Pat Riley mentality towards the draft and things like that. I'll give you all the prospects you want. You know, j just give me some veteran players that can win. I mean, he did it in Boston. He did it in Detroit. And uh, he was all in here to win that yep. 97 World yep. Series with guys like, you know, like uh, Lou and Bonilla and, uh, you know, uh, bringing in uh, Darren Dalton, who was on his last leg. And also, we weren't sure what planet he was. On. <laughs> but also, Nebraska was a part of bringing in Cabrera. I think yeah. getting Derek Lee 
or at least the pieces he loved that got Derek Lee. Lee. He, he was Derek a part of getting Beckett, was a part of getting A.J. Burnett. Like, he was a part of getting the pieces. And what put him over the top that year, and no one yeah. talked about it when that move was made, and I was like, that's an interesting move, when they did a one-year deal for Pud Rodriguez, who, like, set the RBI record that playoff run, yeah. they went and spent on a guy that helped them that year. They put together a really strong bullpen, and... That was a team that could win then. Like, that's what they were supposed to do now. They never did it. They never spent. This year they tried to spend and gave under. Like, Marte wanted to be here. Marte would probably change this lineup. Marte, they, they gave him a stupid-ass deal. They, yeah. like, they, they offered him pennies, and he's like, okay. And he wanted. He openly said, I want to stay there. And they weren't competitive. And they brought in Garcia and Soler, two guys you were right, that were like interesting high, interesting signings, but neither was like great. Like neither was a guy that cha- changed the needle. And look what they're doing. Like, yeah. They try to cheap it up. I, I don't know. You remember uh, this ball player, Gene Tennis? Nah, I've heard the, the name. Yeah, I've heard the name. Hey, they are the A's. And he had a big World Series, right? But he, he was essentially like a 230 hitter that was going to get you 20 home runs uh, a season maybe and uh, do a lot of damage in key spots, uh, you know, in, in terms of being detrimental as a bat in your lineup. And, uh, you know, people all of a sudden became like fascinated because he was a big world series guy that, uh, th- this guy was going to be some, some big time player, but you know, he, he remained as he was, like, like, you know, and, and you know, this Solaire, he had a big world series, but I don't know. He was like a two sixty five career hitter. Yep. If that, I don't, I think that was like his highest average. Yep. And you know, if you're not going to be a monster home run and RBI producer, uh, then, you know, you need to right. at least, do something, you know, get on base a lot, <laughs> get some key hits here and there. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought there was a, an over fascination with this guy, uh, you know, to think that, whoa, uh, that's going to, that's going to solidify your, your lineup. It was a movement. See, see, and that's the thing. It's kind of like the price of gas movie where, you know, it, it was $4 and 98 cents uh, just uh, like a month ago. So now you see it at like three eighty nine. You're like, holy shit! Wow, what a bargain! Man. <laughs> I think I'll just stop in and top off my tank. <laughs> it's all expectations. Maybe I'll even ask for full service so I can pay a few uh, pennies more. But the truth is, you're paying three eighty nine for like a gallon of gasoline that uh, you know most people feel should be a buck. So uh, you know, and and and, and that's uh, you know what ends up happening. You know, you uh, you know you're buying into like uh, fool's gold. And so, you know, the, the standards that the, the team has set are, are so low at this point that I, I don't know. I mean, they used to talk about contraction. Remember that? The C word in uh, sports that they, they were just going to eliminate. Yeah, the yeah. The, franchise, the Marlins period. were all that. You talked about it last week. The San Antonio. I remember that. The San Antonio judge. And my favorite was when they trotted him out and people cheered him on. They're like, all right, take him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it backfired on Loria. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're like, oh, oh never mind. <laughs> I still picture him selling Dayglo Jesus paintings underneath Stupid 595 ass. there with uh, David Sampson selling oh, Virginia honey, God. which wasn't authentic. You know. <laughs> Although it's so funny, too, because, uh, you know, for Sampson, a guy that uh, literally, I mean, that, that was one of the great Ponzi schemes ever, wasn't it? They bought the team with like, uh, I don't know, was it even with real paper? This might have been a more bogus purchase uh, than uh, even, uh, you know, when when, uh, that guy bought the Islanders that didn't own the shirt on his back. 
and became the owner briefly. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but uh, famous, uh, you know, sports uh, criminal activity. Okay, so uh, before we and- go to break, the visitor mama has been mocking us, as she does. I mean, and she's yep. all right, too. She's like, who the hell's talking about Choo Choo Coleman? Like, uh, literally, this is, he, like, he was born in the 30s. I'm like, yeah, that's our wheelhouse. It's 50s and 60s. Yes. And drugs. She's like, we want, we want that 90 plus. We uh, talk about drugs, too. We have yeah. to throw drugs in there. Because she first was like, is this a drug show? I'm like, is it not? <laughs> like, are you shocked? And she was like, the drugs, the secretary. Madiva never had a secretary. She's like, exactly. I'm like, oh, it's worse if it's the boss? I'm like, okay. So she had this story about Choo Choo Coleman. Was once asked by, and she, I'm going to use her words, okay? She's watching. She wants, I'm going to, yeah. I'm telling it by the way you told me, Mr. Mama, since you want me to tell this story so badly, um, which is fine. Uh, Choo Choo Coleman was once asked by Boof Bag broadcaster Ralph Kiner, what's your wife's name and what's she like? And Choo Choo replied, she's Mrs. Coleman and she likes me. <laughs> She, she said he'd She's probably be a huge listener. She said he'd probably be a huge listener. I'm like, he'd probably be our number one listener. Oh, the huge <laughs> I love you, horrible. Mr. Mama. I mean, with a bat in his hand, I mean, uh, he, he literally, he, he couldn't hit a clincher if, uh, you know, it was lobbed in there, uh, you know, by his own team. Um, he, uh, he ended up being a, a chef in a Chinese I know. restaurant. I know. One of my favorite true or false questions on uh, the great Choo Choo Coleman. No, uh, you know uh, that was the thing, though. See, uh, you can have a bad team if they're lovable, but which the Mets were. I mean, they were so bad that they were lovable. They, they were literally like bad news bears type of material, and they had all these old geezers at Caesars, and like Duke Snyder getting up there. Duke Snyder needed a walker to get to home plate, but he was a New York legend, <laughs> and uh, I, I think he might have even been out of baseball. I think he was like selling hot dogs on a exactly. cart in Manhattan. <laughs> They said, hey, you know what, let's take the Duke and put him in center. <laughs> It'll be like old times. That's the problem. The, the Marlins aren't low. Like, it's not like no outside of Pablo. No one knows who any of these people are. <laughs> like, if you're going to be bad, at least be interesting. They're not yeah. entertaining. They're not interesting. They're just, like, lifeless. Well, and, and it was also, I mean, the fact that people embraced, uh, you know, the Mets as a horrible team at, at their inception, which, uh, you know, I... I you know, I was following this uh, really closely because it, it got boring being a Yankee fan because they won all the time. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of when it stopped uh, right around that era. And uh, the I'm Mets came on, on board and they, they were laughable. I mean, just it, it was a disgrace what they did out there in the field. But it was comical and all I mean, uh, brought along. You couldn't have had a better orchestra leader than uh, the, the completely, uh, you know, non-understandable Casey Stengel. <laughs> yeah, because I then... spoke literally his sin. own language. I mean, it was called Stengelese. <laughs> and, you know, people would ask him, like, uh, you know, a simple question, and you give an answer, and you go, uh, yeah, okay, Casey, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, but th- they were likable, too. Uh, I mean, that, that was the other thing. And, uh, and then, you know, they ended up winning a World Series, like, seven years later, the Miracle Mets... And because people had embraced, I think, the laughable side of the franchise, that that still remains possibly the most exalted moment of my baseball lifetime, seeing the Miracle Mets win the World Series. I mean, it was it was incredible, Ubi, if you had followed them from, uh, you know, their infamy there at the beginning when they were among the worst teams ever assembled. In the, well, I guess they were the worst team in Major League Baseball history, 40 and 120. So bad. That they didn't even want them to play those two extra games. They just said, hey, we got time for it. But uh, i tell you what, Casey, why don't you take the rest of the summer off? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish they'd do that with the Marlins. Stengel was like 100 when they named them. Yeah, Yoshikoto. <laughs> Pat, so Pat keeps throwing out. Well, is it these Mets? 
Was Bumpsy Green a Met and Elio Chacon? I know you've mentioned these people over oh, the Oh, Bumpsy years. Green and uh, Elio Chacon, classic Mets, yeah. Felix Mantia, another one. <laughs> yeah, you know what would be all over this? <laughs> it's it's our good friend Craig Minervini. I'm sure. But if you son. lived it, Luby, see, and, and we don't have that experience, though, with the Marlins. We, we didn't really get that, did we? I mean, uh, you know, it was kind of, uh, I guess, you know, a different era of sport also in the way that teams uh, were expended, uh, uh, were uh, put together for expansion. Um, you know, so, I mean, uh, the way they were assembled uh, was completely different. Uh, but anyway, that's it on the Marlins, right? They suck, is what the gist we of this conversation. This I mean, it's hard to watch. <laughs> it's painful to watch. It I haven't really tried. Is. I don't, it's funny. Uh, was it hard? It was Mayo talking about it. Like, I don't get them either because I do the Hulu Live. And I'm not mad about it. I'm sort of relieved. Because <laughs> like I, I used to switch I'm a through. jinx, too. I mean. I used to do what you do. I'd switch to, oh, they're on. I'd try and watch a little. Now I don't. And it makes me, I'm, I'm happier for it. I don't watch them just throw uh, games away. <laughs> like, that was 6-4-3. I mean, every time I tune in, a guy's hammering a ball into a double play. I mean, it's it just, it, it's insane. Or striking out with the bases loaded. Or hitting this cheap pop-up. Uh, you know, as you send a 200 hit into play. And it looked like Manningly was going to, you know, bring about a victory with with a series of genius moves because uh, he pinch hit for a guy that uh, actually isn't a bad hitter and the pinch hitter got a, got a hit to get on base uh, you know to start the ninth and then he pinch ran for that guy and the runner actually was instrumental in them uh, getting into a bases loaded situation where they had a shot to win the game because he beat a throw to second base uh, on uh, what would have been a force out to end the ball game guy uh, made a bad choice there from Cincinnati because they're a bad team. They're not good. That's what bad teams do. They give you an opportunity to beat them even when you're, you yes. have nothing. Yeah. Th- this was the time the Marlins were supposed to go on a run. They were playing the Nationals, yeah. the Pirates, the Reds, like just in a circle. So it's supposed to be a nice time for them to go get in the race. And all they've done is like prove that they're a disaster. All right. I, I have this reflection going in the uh, poster here, which yes, uh, Leslie Fisher says is up backwards. But I mean, I, can I don't know how to change again. The right way. Something with the mirroring the camera, of the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's a replay, I guess, of last night's match. And I don't know the result of this uh, with uh, Venus Williams making her return to tennis. She's in the first round of a, a tournament in Atlanta. Now, uh, Luby had Venus Williams finish 20 years ago. Yeah, it was about 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then she, uh, you know, she won a tournament right acquitted now. herself extremely well by winning grand slams and uh, going on to win like 11 tournaments. And, I, you know, it's funny because I, I root for Venus Williams, and uh, yet I, I root for Serena to lose every point. How weird is that? Venus seems uh, more likable, although uh, still, I mean, should she not have said something about this uh, Doug Adler guy, the guy with the guerrilla tactics that lost his career oh, because the New York Times, uh, you know, Twitter guy uh, decided to say, oh, yeah, he called her a gorilla, man. Call her an animal right there on TV. You know, like, what? <laughs> said nothing of the sort, right? And Venus could have come out and said, right? I mean, does an athlete at that point, should they not by just moral obligation say, hey, look, I know the guy. He couldn't possibly have meant anything negative about it. Uh, you know, maybe with the overwhelming sensitivity. I don't know. Did you really have to think about that if you were talking about gorilla tactics? In tennis where, you know, I mean, and there was a, an ad campaign that featured that, right? Wasn't it Agassi and Sampras when they were playing in the streets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the and best. They were calling that guerrilla tennis, yeah. Whatever. I, what a world. I don't know. All right, we're all over the map. Uh, and, and one place we'd like to be is Hylia Park, which is always fantastic. Uh, Leslie yesterday mentioned Frank Fiore, our dear friend, man. Uh, what an unbelievable guy. And uh, there's always something going on there. And, and Frankie kind of reflects uh, the spirit 
uh, of the class and dignity with which uh, Hialeah Park has always, always conducted its business. I mean, it's always been a great place. Uh, it was a subject of some controversy back in the day, but, uh, I mean, they were getting hosed by the government. Unbelievable. I was always an advocate for Hialeah Park because I sure. respected its beauty and the dedication of the people that were behind it, and that was the Brunetti family, and, and they're still involved. John Sr. passed away uh, last year, and, and uh, you know, everybody misses him, an iconic sports figure here in South Florida. John Jr. and Steve Brunetti and the whole Brunetti family and all the people that are involved there that have been there for a long, long time, like Dennis Testa. I mean, uh, I think he was born there, Dennis. I think he was born on the backstretch. I was born on the backstretch. Uh, you know, but he has it inside his heart. It's in his blood, uh, you know, to, to make this place as spectacular as it can be. So you have all of the uh, inherent beauty of Hialeah Park and the grounds and, and everything that was uh, so attractive about going there. And then you have this dazzling casino where people are just having a blast and they're winning money, all kinds of big jackpots being paid out. Steve Calibro, he really knows what he's doing. I mean, he knows how to have everything set up so that you're in there with a maximum chance to have the most entertainment for your dollar that you possibly can get. And that that's all you can ask. Plus in there with a shot to win, get a player's card. When you come in the door, I mean, the rewards program there is just absolutely fat. Would that be F A T or P H A T fat? I mean, as in very rewarding. And very lucrative for the uh, player. So make sure you do that. Sign up for a player's card when you get to Hylia Park. And, uh, wow, you're, you're going to have yourself a great time, whether it's in the casino, the poker room, uh, eating, drinking, just hanging out with your friends there, listening to great music, dancing your uh, heart away there and your feet away on a uh, Friday, Saturday night, uh, taking advantage of all the uh, great amenities they have there and or uh, punching away on the horses. Toga. I can't believe Leslie's going to Saratoga for the Whitney, huh? Yeah, it's wow. pretty cool. That, I mean, uh, I hope she catches uh, the really good weather because they, they've been having some good weather up there and like a mixed bag. I guess nice. you get some rain here and there. But, uh, but I mean, when, when the sun's out there, it, it is so gorgeous. It, it's unbelievable. I keep seeing these aerial shots. I want to just parachute right in through the television set into the infield there at uh, Saratoga and then make my way somehow into the grandstand and start punching away. Uh, but anyway, uh, great, a great place to punch away on Saratoga. Highly apart. Champion simulcasting room. Brass Rail Bar, Crossover Cafe, all kinds of good food. They'll deliver it right to you there, anything that you want. As Luby uh, requested, the pheasant under glass one time. They said, no problem, Mr. Lubitz. We'll be right up with that. Would you like that rare? You cook pheasant rare? No, you just cook it one I've way. I've never right? had like pheasant. pheasant. Yeah, I pheasant. feel like you just cook it. <laughs> Different pheasant. things from pheasant. <laughs> we're feeding our people pheasant. Andy's in the hospital, and we're talking about having pheasant under glass. Uh, all right, uh, Hylia Park, great destination. Check them out at HyliaPark.com. All right, we're coming back with more. We'll take you up until 9 o'clock. Uh, Brett Tester, the agent of the stars, a lot of NFL stuff going on, huh? With uh, all of this Deshaun Watson stuff. I, I don't know what else you can say about it. Seems uh, odd to, like, marginalize the whole uh, idea that they went through all of this agony to decide what this uh, suspension was going to be and what was a proper level of uh, punishment and or uh, redemption that should have to be paid by Deshaun Watson for his uh, acts that uh, were detrimental to the image of the league. And after all of that, it was like, much ado about nothing, huh? Pretty much. We're talking Shakespeare. Yep. All right, uh, back with more in, in a moment. Now that. The time. 8.02. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. 
If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Francois Lebec. Good morning, Francois. Listen to me one moment, please. You fat ass. Tired of the way you speak about the Canadians. We are good people. We have vacationing on the beach. We bring our dollars here. And you're always putting down the Canadians. And, and, and me, personally... And sick and tired of your crap. And you're not losing weight. I saw you the game. You're fat like a pig. The other thing that I would like to say is that uh, you're going to throw out some baseball. I will be there personally to boo you out of the stadium. We are come here as good people, friendly people, nice people. We don't need you to speak like you speak, Jeffrey, the fat ass the forest. The Defoe Show, featuring Luby. We now return to The Defoe Show. Among my uh, favorite ever phone calls that we've taken on the show, uh, Francois Lebesque. Lebesque. <laughs> Lebesque was great. He only did one time. Yeah. Yeah, Lebesque, uh, he really unloaded on us. Uh, Louis. Well, he kind of left you out. Never saying about me. It was most of <laughs> personal attack on uh, And your weight, you've weight. lost a lot of weight, so you'd have to change <laughs> the derogatory term. An uh, idiot, you know, you old can, man. You can never lose enough. Uh, not with the, uh, <laughs> being on borrowed time, I mean, that's the one thing. 70 years old, that, that's, uh, you know, uh, one thing. But uh, then you hit, you start putting some digits on that, and uh, it's borrowed time, Libby. There's no question about it. And, uh, Andy, we hope you get well, like, quickly. Well, going on I mean, this sounded fairly serious, uh, what, what uh, happened to him. He said he nearly rolled to seven uh, last night. What's going on but with That would have been that. Jesus. I mean, uh, you know, and just when he was on a roll, too. Uh, unbelievable. He had women chasing him, all kinds of stuff. He's Maybe that man. led to his problems. I'm not sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, welcome back to the show. Good to be with you. The Defoe Show here on uh, South Florida Live. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. A little while uh, from now, about uh, 25 minutes or so, Brett Tess with the Agent of the Stars will explore uh, various uh, issues and uh, answers about the National Football League which uh, we're already, uh, you know, a couple of days in the training camp. Uh, is Saturday the Hall of Fame game? I'm going to say uh, yes. Isn't it Thursday? Thursday it, is the Hall of Fame. August this 4th Thursday is Friday. our 
opener of the NFL. I mean, I don't know who will be playing in the it. The Hall of Fame game. Okay. But is the Hall of Fame game is Thursday. I think the Raiders are involved in this. Are the Raiders not, are and Jaguars. The, the Greek, oh, okay. who's now 14-4, and four, by the way. We couldn't get the technical things to work, but I made sure to give his pick. He's 14-4 and four here. Yeah. With baseball, basketball, and he did one USFO play on South Florida Live. He, I was with him yesterday. He wanted to make sure everyone knows, and he'll come on with us tomorrow or Thursday uh, to make sure to give his play. Uh, he is all over the Jags in the Hall, <laughs> the Hall of Fame game. Loves the Jags in a Hall of Fame game. You know? Loves them. Like, is, is that- well, I mean, uh, you know, you're Doug Peterson. You have to establish that winning culture right away. So uh, winning this Hall of Fame game, obviously, <laughs> would be a, a giant <laughs> quantum leap forward. In terms of, of the, the uh, overall morale after I mean, uh, <laughs> suffering underneath uh, this uh, crazy man, this maniac, Urban Meyer, who was obviously out of his mind at the time that he was coaching the team and, and, and drunk with power. I mean, uh, talk about Shakespearean, Honestly. drunk with power and uh, thinking that he was running a college team. He managed to run uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, right into the ground. Yeah, right into the ground. So it was a guy that couldn't miss, man. Yeah. He was Andrew Luck all over again. Yeah. I don't know that Peyton Manning was held in as high regard no. as uh, Lawrence was coming in uh, from the time that he was uh, chucking a rock there in college yep. and uh, came into prominence. And uh, everybody said, what? Here it is. No, I'm at it. A prototype can't miss National Football League quarterback. Mm-hmm. And what they didn't factor into the equation was oh, my. Urban Meyer <laughs> is a putz. It turns out. <laughs> I mean, he, he couldn't coach a dog to eat meat when it came to pro football. It, it was uh, unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, dangle a steak in front of this guy. Get him the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, the, the whole thing, I mean, the, the, I, I guess the incident, uh, that, uh, and uh, I suppose this to be true, uh, seemed like uh, there was a little refuting it that uh, he actually kicked that kicker. Like in the balls and, uh, you know, said, uh, you know, you miss another one or whatever it was. And uh, that was it. That was his method. Like, is this, this is like, so, okay. And I get it. They got it from somewhere and we don't do it now, but there's still holdouts that still want to be old school. I, I am old school in a sense, but I've never dealt with coaches like that. I guess I didn't play high enough level. Like in the 60s and 70s, did coaches really do these things? <laughs> like the coaches really physically mangle their players and think it was okay. Like that was that really ever a, like, cause they do uh, it naturally. You know, the angry coach was, I would say, uh, more typical than uh, a Mike McDaniel. That's for sure. The coach usually had a crew cut, you know, and uh, had, had been involved, like, in college wrestling. And, uh, you know, maybe taught, like, metal shop, you know, uh, you know, to satisfy whatever commitment he had to the Board of Education. Because it wasn't good enough for him to just be the football teach, coach. Yeah. Right? Basketball teach. coaches, I, I don't know that they were as big of a, a hard-on as... Uh, most football coaches were, but when, you know, when I was uh, around in high school and uh, even college, right. Uh, you know, the baseball team, we had the buzzer and Andy Mokish. He'd been there for like a hundred years at Syracuse university. Fabled coach, man. He was like the Mike Martin of Syracuse. Although there, there wasn't much success. On the, the buzzer <laughs> He's the old coach that never won. Well, you couldn't win. I yeah. mean, you talk about, uh, you know, inhibiting conditions. I mean, you couldn't even get outside until April 30th. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, like over. then it was 12 <laughs> degrees out, right? You hit some ball off the handle. It was like, <laughs> you didn't even want to run it out because you didn't want to be on base because it was exactly. too cold. <laughs> You're like, screw that. You go to the dugout. And then catching a ball, right? If you hit one, you know, where it hit the, the, uh, 
you know, the heel of your hand there. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And, yeah, uh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like catching a shot put. <laughs> Just having the catcher throw the ball back to the mound. I was like, well, come on, Raph. It was my buddy. Uh, you know, could you throw it a little slower? Like, just, <laughs> just loop them back to me. <laughs> you don't have to show off your arm all the time. There's no scouts here. <laughs> no scouts. No one gives a shit. Scouts. <laughs> it's like negative five. But there were literally buzzers hovering overhead for the carcasses that were going to be remaining there after six innings of oh, living God. in frigid temperatures. Yeah. So uh, well, it was much. But, uh, you know, those guys were old school, man. I mean, uh, really. I would say there was much more of that. I, I don't know when the transition came to a kinder, gentler guy. I, I don't know. Aren't some of these coaches, though, uh, you know, still very much old school? Oh, no, Campbell's Calipari, a... Like, like, like ripping into his team during a timeout? Or, uh, oh, yeah, you know, Izzo. Even... And people love Izzo. If you see Izzo, yeah. he gets red-faced. That's what I'm, But I'm just saying, like, the stuff Bobby Knight did, even into, like, the 90s, it was... Yeah. I ne- I always was like, so who? So people get better after that? Like, I yell at my kids, and they're eight and under, and I feel bad after, but I'm not yelling at them. I just yell because they don't listen, but I, I never, like, you... And I get it, they're eight, so me, I don't know what I would do. But I coach 15-year-olds. I never, it never dawned on me, if I call him a stupid ass, he's gonna play yeah. better. Like, why would someone play better when you call them a jerk-off? Like, I, I never put those two together... Like, I just, I don't know. I, yeah. It's just I weird. Mean, uh, you know, I, we were talking about it the other day, sort of. Uh, we were touching on something along these lines. And uh, it, it really is like, you know, being the big boxing fan that I am, I mean, you, you listen to the instructions in the corner, and, and most of the time, that guy is just absolutely berating his fighter, <laughs> even if he's winning. Like, he's won every round. And the guy is sitting there, you, you, you got to stop, uh, you know, you're working in there like an idiot. You, you got to open your eyes. <laughs> And, and they're always screaming at the guy, right? <laughs> now, there are other, you know, trainers that, that are really good at giving instructions in the corner. Uh, you know, and, and you've had, uh, you know, many examples where, where it worked. And, and, you know, then you even had the mild-mannered Angelo Dundee. What was he going to tell Muhammad Ali? Right? But still known for uh, getting in the face of, of mm. uh, you know, a guy that was above reproach in this regard, right? Yeah. Who's screaming at Sugar Ray Leonard? You're blowing it, kid. You're blowing it. So if it, works. it does work, I guess, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, you have to know, as uh, Jimmy Johnson told us yeah, in that clip we play, you, you kind of have to have a feel for uh, who it is that you're uh, talking to and, and uh, how you're talking to them, uh, you know, which good coaches do. But uh, no, the, the uh, hard on mentality, I, I think, was uh, in play. I mean, uh, any time that, I, you know, when I was a kid uh, into my 20s, I mean, that's that's kind of the approach that everybody had. Right? Like, uh, okay, you're going to run these drills and we're going to run them until you drop dead. <laughs> I remember my arm hanging down to the ground like an orangutan because uh, this guy, Herm Card, had me throw 200 pitches in a batting cage. 200 pitches. <laughs> what the hell? That was like two two seasons. <laughs> yeah, they would do the opposite now. They don't want you throwing anything. Yeah, yeah. And the guy, uh, you know, the medical, uh, you know, people uh, weren't that sharp at the time. I mean, they didn't really know anything about uh, orthopedics and all of that. Right. And uh, the guy actually, uh, I said, you know what? My arm really is like, I mean, it's as sore as it's ever been. I don't even know if I can, you know, lift it above my uh, waist. And uh, the guy gave me two salt tablets and uh, and a bag of mice. That was it. <laughs> it's like, what? What is this going to do? Nothing. That was a doctor for all of the teams, by the way. They had, like, one doctor. It was uh, kind of like having Dr. Principata, the uh, Met fan. Or, uh, you know, one of my all-time favorites, uh, the, the greatest, this old geezer was the ring physician at the Olympic Auditorium. He had to be 100 years old, Dr. Bernhard Schwartz. 
and they would introduce him, and you would think just a vibration from his name resonating through the arena would be enough to have this guy have a heart attack. I mean, he, he was ready to go at a moment's notice. All right, uh, we're going to come back with more. Uh, Brett Tester, the agent of the star, is going to join us. And, uh, and, you know, we're, we're looking forward to Jimmy Johnson's big chill and a journey down there. Uh, the Jimmy with the book coming out. I, I have to. I, he called me again. I, I feel terrible. I, would you get a hold of Mike Westoff and, and have him on the show at least? And we, we can admit that Hi. we didn't read the book yet. <laughs> I'm not admitting He's that. He's going to be so disappointed. I told him it was great. He messaged me. I'm like, yeah, coach, what a job. What a job you did. Oh, you told him it was great? <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm not. Well, what if he asked you about it? What if you have to do like a. I'll say, well, when OJ McDuffie was talking, he's mentioned the book for three years with us. Like, I can mention, I know Zach's in it. I know Juice is in it. Exactly. I don't want to lie to the guy, but we don't read anything. (laughs) So I'm not trying to be mean. I would read it. We haven't haven't read a book. I just don't read. Like, I. Doesn't happen. I've worked a lot now. So what I want to just turn my brain off. Reading always took work. So, but I've heard about it. No, yeah, I'll, I'll read, read both book? of these books. At some point, I will read both of these books. I'm having enough right, trips. Get, get West off on the show. We will get him on. We'll, we'll like, read wow. his book. Yeah. Zach was amazing and the stuff with OJ and Marino. Has oh anybody my God. in our audience read his book? I mean, <laughs> I, well, uh... exactly. See, my problem is that I, I wouldn't have read it. I, I, I wouldn't know how to order it. You know, when, when people come on the show, and, and even, even famous authors, right, that have come on our show, uh, and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, all the usual channels. That, that seems to be the way you sign off on a book guy. It used to be, well, it's going to be available at Barnes & Noble, and yeah. this bookstore, and that bookstore, but now that there are no bookstores, it's available online, right? Yes. The usual channels is what you say, but yes. I, I would have no idea. Channels. I've never ordered anything. Uh, I'm afraid to put my credit card information <laughs> online for fear that, uh, you know, I may find out that, uh, you know, somebody that uh, was not necessarily, uh, you know, going to do me any favors uh, would get the information. No. That's all I need, right? I don't need this. I don't want any problems anymore. <laughs> there's a Barnes and Noble by me, so if you want to go to Coral Springs, there's a Barnes and Noble. But I, I don't know. Is it even in bookstores? I, I don't know. I would think. Is it only available online? I'm not sure, man. I mean, but I, I wouldn't know how to order the book. I, I don't mean to insult Mike Westhoff because I love the guy. I think he's but amazing. He'll be very disappointed if we admit that we haven't read the book or received a copy. You tell him I really enjoyed it. I what did. if he says he's in town and he wants to come over and sign it? <laughs> Your copy of the so book. So I'll go buy a copy. And we'll share uh, well, it. Well, yeah, I'm kind of busy today. I know. You're making me feel bad. Ugh. Anyway, Jimmy's got a book coming out with Dave Hyde. And we swagger. want to get down there to Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. It's mile marker 140, Overseas Highway, in Key Largo. And uh, always, I mean, just a great destination. But we had a blast when we were down there. Uh, it was about a year ago. I mean, uh, yeah, I want to say... It was like late right August. Stang's birthday, August 23rd, yeah. Yep, yep. So uh, maybe we can make it a repeat, and uh, a year later, calendar year goes by, but same good vibe is being uh, given off there. In fact, uh, if uh, nothing else, they're, they're better than ever with the remodeled sports bar that they have. Great place to watch football. Uh, Jimmy, uh, you know, he wouldn't be associated with any place that wasn't first rate and uh, run very well. Dominic and Jimmy, John's brother, he does a marvelous job there with his wife, Amanda. Yep. Larry Calvano, the owner. I mean, what a spirited guy. Gets up there, starts playing a guitar. Yep, and you're thinking, oh, geez, you know, the band. Can you believe it? What punishment for them? They haven't even got paid yet. They have to have the owner get up there and play a couple of licks. And then the guy, I mean, all of a sudden, you're thinking, holy Garth Brooks, this guy's uh, like amazing here. Yeah, he's legit. Yeah, singing, dancing, doing all kinds of stuff, and then, uh, wow, it's just a beautiful time all the way around, from sunrise to sunset. And all night long, you, you can party uh, there at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Great food and drink, wide variety of stuff on the menu. 
Uh, perfect place to uh, hang out during the day there if uh, you're in Key Largo or uh, just stop in if you're going to any other destination in the Keys. Everybody loves it, and uh, you're going to love it, too. It's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, mile marker 104, the Overseas Highway in Key Largo. we got to get mayo on that uh, Italian fish. Yeah, he's all about it. He wants to come. I think we're going to yeah. bring a whole crew. You think he'll bring that, that sort of grumpy, skeptical look? No, he's good about putting well, on a front. I've had better pizzas. I've had some of the best in the world. Now, one thing I've learned about him on these remotes is he, he, he he's learned he's there. learned how to put on yeah. a smile. And wow, look at wow! Yeah. So, this is no gamble though for the gambler. No, guy. it's case this, automatic. This is a sure thing. I'm giving yeah. the guy a winner. I'm telling him, hey, yep. the seven horse can't lose here. Hey, you know, put all your money on that. Yep. And uh, I, if he's not overwhelmed by the Italian fisherman pizza, if he has even the slightest bit of like, well. You know, one of those kind of things. <laughs> I, I would be amazed. I really would. It'll be fine. I have no. It, I have it would problem. take a lot. Yeah. What do you mean? I pitch to anytime I know anyone's going down to the keys. I the first thing I say is you need to stop at the big chill. Like it's, it, it, we haven't even talked to them in a little bit. You know, like we've yeah. had time away from Congemi. It hasn't changed anything. Like my first thing I think of when I think of keys is the big chill. Like it's perfect. Like the keys yes, is such perfect. a pain in the ass drive. Where it's located is a like I wish I'd known about that forever because that drive sucks. But what's cool about it's right at the beginning. So, like, yes. even if you're not going to Largo, going to the Key West is a pain in the ass. Yeah. So, if you can stop in Lar- Key Largo and, like, just, okay, that was the first half. We're going to have a good meal. And then we'll go and do this. You know, like, no matter what, it's and, a perfect and, place. And literally chill out the rest of the way all the way to this torturous drive yeah. to Key West. Nah, I mean, I, I pitched that it place. It used to be really weird when the Seven Mile Bridge was, like, in its uh, primitive stage. Yeah, the one lane. Oh, my God. I, I, I thought I was going to die. I, I got married uh, the first time in uh, Key West. And I had taken a couple of trips down there, and I was driving an MGB. God. And, and the bridge was so narrow that if a truck was coming the other way, there really wasn't room to even, you know, go in the direction you were going in. I mean, without, like, scraping the wall there, like you were Parnelli Jones or something, going around in Daytona. Like, what? I mean, and, and you know, it, it was just dangling over the water there there was no you know guardrail nothing i mean to speak of uh, you know pouring rain it was it was a nightmare but uh, you know it's still a schlep so uh, jimmy john's big chill is it easy great yeah. spot on the way and, and you know people used to think that the mutineer was like high level time <laughs> <laughs> is it called the mutineer i think it is there is the a mutineer 100 the key yeah. route there uh, yeah <laughs> What is it, the Buccaneer? What is that place? There is like a uh, pirate-themed thing. I don't remember. I think Muneer. I mean, that sounds about right. We went in there. Didn't you went to Florida City. Karaoke that night? Florida City. We were down there covering the race in Homestead. They had a nice crowd. (laughs) There were people there. Yeah, that was a strange spot. (laughs) I'd rather the big chill. (laughs) You walk in there and you look around and you're asking yourself, uh, you know, like that time we were in Flossies and only... You know, the only other people in the bar at the time were members of the Outlaws. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we thought, well, I mean, do we really fit in here? Two Jewish kids. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> no. Looking to have a couple of Cosmos <laughs> before we uh, exactly. go out and listen to the band. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. We're coming back with uh, Brett Tester, the agent of the stars. He, he's going to join us here in just a few minutes on the show. We'll get into this old uh, NFL thing. That's uh, going on. Uh, so a lot of speculation. Uh, somehow, uh, you know, flipped on the uh, NFL network yesterday without realizing it. That ever happened to you where, uh, you know, your dog sat on a remote or something and then this was you're network. watching a channel that you're like, well, how did this get on? <laughs> and uh, they were going around all the training camps. Really fascinating movie. 
training camp previews. I know it, it was it was great. I'm t- that's how you I, know I, you're I, hungry for something that's not baseball or whatever the hell we've had. Is I actually have found myself. Oh wow, look at Trey Lance. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> like why the hell would I care about the night? No, nobody's yet? doing anything though of any substance. It, well, it never. doesn't seem like. I mean, you know do that. they not allow cameras to roll they're when they're actually working? Yeah. Well, who was? Everybody's just like eh, take two steps back and I'm a pass over here. Hey Joe, how you doing? What are you have for lunch today? And you know you're thinking what happened to this Shula-like intensity that we used to imagine. Jimmy with the middle drill. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like. Do they practice and, and do anything anymore? I guess. And, and, and listen, <laughs> I mean, you couldn't go through the motions any more slowly. It's like those early spring training shots when they would have like uh, highlights, uh, highlight reel about the Yankees going to spring training and they'd have some kind of cockamamie music in the background. <laughs> what is this? The Army Navy game? Exactly. But. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like they're doing much. Right. That that would be the uh, my conclusion, unless uh, I'm missing something. Now they're being weird about what they're allowing to be shown, and I think that's oh, what's yeah? happening. Yeah, you're not allowed to really see anything or cover anything. When does Hard Knocks start? I think hard is knocks. it next week? Isn't it next? Isn't it like the second? Oh no, pre it's, it's when preseason started, right? So what? It's like I think it's next week. Yeah. That, that's Could be. A good I mean, question. Yeah, you know that, that's that's always one of my favorites. Uh, hard Knocks. Although I, I think uh, Mustang might have canceled our HBO in, oh, that's in, uh, an effort to save a few bucks. I mean, it's the Lions. I don't know if I, I guess Dan oh, Campbell. The Lions? Oh, that would be is interesting because he, he he's going to be serious even in the freaking Dan season. Campbell. Can you imagine? Yeah. We want this game. <laughs> right? You're talking about the Hall of Fame game, right? Exactly. We want this game. Exactly. Greek all over Jacksonville, huh? You, you really have to be out of your mind about the Hall of Fame. Oh, 100%. Unless, yes, 100%. Is it an annual, uh, is it an annuity uh, to take the under in the Hall of Fame game every year? I would think. It seems to me they never score any points in the Hall of Fame. Tuesday, August 9th is the opening of Hard Knocks. So next, a week from today. Okay. But I, as I said, I think the Mustang, uh, you know, uh, yeah, shaved like six bucks off the cable bill. <laughs> and canceled HBO. Because we didn't watch it much right. anymore since they uh, don't have boxing anymore. Yeah. Wasn't watching a lot of HBO. Uh, you know, Sopranos is long gone. Yeah. Some of their they, I mean, Showtime seems to have taken over where HBO left HBO. off. Yeah, there's not a lot of HBO entity. right now. Right now, HBO is sort yeah. of slow. All right. Uh, Venus Williams in this match, uh, oh, is about to lose in the third set. I mean, she's done. In the first round of this uh, thing in Atlanta. This uh, took place last night, and she did lose. Wow. Well, I mean, she's been done for a long time. Serena's finally done, but Venus has been done, what, three, four years? I mean, this it was been 10 a, years. a comeback, but she's a gracious loser, Venus. Whereas uh, Serena would have chopped this woman's head off with a racket at the net uh, and then cursed at everybody on her way out there like she was uh, Nick Kyrgios, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a skirt. Unbelievable. All right, so we're coming back with more in a moment here. Brent Tesser, the agent of the star, is going to join us. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz, happy to have you with us on. Uh, South Florida Live, Mike Mayo, the Gambling Gourmet with the uh, Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. Uh, that was sort of disgusting again yesterday. Why, why does he think that's good when he's stuffing his face, uh, you know, while on camera and then uh, talking with his mouth full? It's going to get why, worse. Why he... Yesterday's sandwich was a standard sandwich. Like if he gets into like a sloppy Joe yeah. or some of these fucking sandwiches. How about a Mufalina, man? He should have had uh, Tom. He does a po' boy with like remoulade yeah. on it. I mean, he's going to get, you think he, he was the, his The hoagies qualify, see, when I think of a sandwich, I, I think of like, you know, uh, salami on rice. I agree. He's doing anything know? that has meat with bread. So we'll probably get a burger at some point and hot dogs. He's doing, he, yeah, he's I doing it for a month. I never considered a burger a sandwich. It's not. Did you? No, I don't I mean, consider it is, a hot dog a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, no. obviously, but. 
He's going to do it yeah. every day for a month, so he needs material. <laughs> There's only so many sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> He's not big on tuna. You notice he always makes a face whenever I bring up like the tuna sub, like it's not a real sub. Yeah, which is weird. I really, that's my goal. That used to be until I found out yeah. Subway doesn't have tuna. I don't know what the fuck Subway uses. That it's ruined me for tuna. Like I like uh, tuna in my house. Tuna substance or something. I know. Yeah. And that used to be my go-to. I just now I don't trust sub shops for that. Like, and I know they're not. Oh all no, Subway, they're, they're definitely. Uh, you I, know, know, I know, I know, I know. That are reputably, uh, know. you know, serve. I mean, La Spada's tuna is uh, outstanding. All right, all right uh, sandwich month. So we'll have some of that. I, I guess we'll have Mike Mayo stuff in his face again today. On Mike Mayo's <laughs> lunchbox. Hundred percent. Then he tries to say something, you know. That's, <laughs> that's uh, my you know, problem. He, he, he's going to learn the hard way that that's not a good move. I don't mind him eating. It's when he tries to respond. Yeah. <laughs> Do your eating. We'll talk. We've done this before. Yeah. I enjoy the, the just video. Put a pie on your face. Or something <laughs> while you're doing this. All right. We're coming back with more in a moment here oh on the Depot Show. Uh, Brett Tusser, the agent of the stars, uh, restores some normalcy to the program here. He'll try. We've been all over the planet here today because uh, uh, I, I just couldn't get on the pedestal and uh, scream about Deshaun Watson all day. I, I, I don't know. You know, and. I'm not sure that any of it that you know has any any meaning at this point, right? If they suspended a guy five years, yeah, then you would have said, "Man, look at that! The NFL—they really care about uh, these women's issues. They they want to make an example of this guy." But uh, I would have supposed, uh, you know, I would suppose they would have faced uh, some serious uh, legal ramifications <laughs> if they did anything overwhelming. Uh, you know, did we ever find out what they had to play uh, pay Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, wasn't and, it millions? And, you know, it was a lot didn't of money. They, didn't they, they have millions? to settle something with him? And then uh, Gruden's probably going to take down a couple of zillion. Of uh, Roger Goodell's money. I, right, just uh, that, yeah. I just love that Gilbert still is like, nothing's happened with him. And we know there's a lot, there's enough around him where they could do something with Dan Gilbert and they don't even mention his name. It's like he's the one that shouldn't be named. They don't even mention Dan Gilbert's name. It's unbelievable, yeah. Oh, uh, Snyder. Dan Snyder. I don't know why I said Gilbert. Yeah. Gilbert's the stupid idiot with the Cavs. I was thinking Dan, Dan Gilbert's Snyder. Uh, a hockey player. He's the for, Cavs' uh, schmank owner. Yeah. Dan Schneider. Dan Snyder. Yeah, they don't mention. Yeah. They don't even mention his name. Like, and he's supposedly wrapped up in like seventeen different. He, he, he's testifying <laughs> for like fourteen hours in front of Congress. <laughs> no problem. There's no issues with him at all. He's the owner. Bobby Kraft, a big smile on his face. I mean, he's getting jerked <laughs> off before he jumps it. on his private jet to fly to a Patriots game. <laughs> Where, you know, he's supposedly exuding class with the blue shirt with the white coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the face of the league. Yeah. <laughs> face of the league, right? And and a man of reason, right? He, he was just in a, an Asian massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida. Yeah, for like some random, it's not even not like Not even like, like some place where you would think, wow, this place is well known for its massage parlors, right? Exactly. It's on Bourbon Street like or something. Vegas right? or some shit. Yeah, Vegas. exactly. <laughs> Jupiter, Florida, right? At a gas station, uh, you know, which had a nail shop next door. Crazy. <laughs> Nothing happens. Bob Kraft, owner, he's about to get on a private jet. Think about that for a second. He's getting a $50 blowjob <laughs> in this place. <laughs> no gives a shit. And the cops just happen to be there, man. I mean, uh, that's how they caught Henry Hill. Right. You know, exactly. That, uh, point shaving scheme with Boston College. All right, uh, coming back with Brett Tessa, the agent of the stars here in just a moment on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. Happy to have you uh, tune in on uh, South Florida Live. The gambling gourmet Mike Mayo feeds his face on uh, Mike Mayo's Lunchbox at 12, and we'll be back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. He really thinks that uh, is entertaining, huh? I yeah. don't mind the eating. It's just the talking. You're not wrong. When he tries yeah. to talk and it starts coming out. I'm worried now we're going to go Mama Cass on this kid. You know? And lose him. We don't want to do that. He, no, we can't you know, do Carving that. a path, blazing yeah, a path yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Journalistic history. He's doing great. So 831. 
Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food. Amazing atmosphere. Good for a family. Good for a date or just a night out for yourself. And prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. The reason we realize it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? The simple pleasures of this job, the way a stadium sounds when one of my players performs well on the field, the way we are meant to protect them in health and in injury. Less, more attention, caring for them, caring for ourselves in the games, too. The agent to the stars, the one and only Brett Tesler. Welcome back to the show. Jeff Forrest, Mike Luby Lubitz, The Depot Show here on South Florida Live. And it's always a pleasure to welcome this gentleman to the program. NFL training camps underway. I was watching a little survey yesterday. And, of course, uh, the uh, big blockbuster headline from the National Football League yesterday. The suspension finally announced for uh, Deshaun Watson as a six-game suspension. Uh, it's challengeable uh, by both the Players Association and the league, and uh, the Players Association says, no, nah, no, nah, we're fine with that. Uh, I don't know if they were expecting more or whatever, and uh, it remains to be seen if Roger Goodell is going to have some kind of response to it. But it did spark a lot of controversy and conversation around the country, and to uh, help us address that and other things, we welcome to the show the agent to the stars, Mr. Brent Tesler. Uh, Brent, how are you, my friend? <laughs> Doing great, Steve. Great to be with you guys. Good morning, sir. Good to have you on the show. Uh, all right. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, did, did you uh, receive any feedback from people in general? What would you say the reaction was to the announced six-game suspension? And, uh, you know, what we did clarify earlier that this was an independent arbitrator, arbitrator, uh, a judge, a former federal judge that made this decision. It wasn't Goodell or his disciplinary group. And uh, the Players Association seemed fine with it. Most people thought it was going to be like a minimum of a year suspension for Deshaun Watson. But um, what, what kind of reaction, what kind of feedback did you get on it? And, and, and what did you think about what the league did? 
I mean, ultimately, guys, it comes down to a matter of public relations because the fact remains Deshaun Watson has been charged with nothing. And, you know, I mean, there was an owner who was charged, uh, you know, with something in a similar type of situation. Uh, Yeah, Deshaun was never charged. And so, again, you know, this isn't a matter of, you know, me judging him or anything like that. I'm just looking at it strictly from a legal and practical standpoint. And the bottom line is, sure, yeah, I'm sure he used bad judgment. Yeah, I'm sure, uh, you know, he did some things that might have been inappropriate or maybe harassing, if you will. But again, uh, you know, there was no violence used in any of the accusations. Nobody was underage. Uh, And again, it's not to condone anything that he did or did not do. It's a matter of, uh, you know, first of all, these accusations have cost him or will cost him tens of millions of dollars in future endorsement money. I mean, as a starting quarterback in this league, it's, it's, it's a marketing goldmine. And, you know, let's just say that regardless at this point, whether he did or didn't do the things he's accused of, nobody's ever going to touch this guy off the field in terms of, you know, any type of, uh, you know, endorsements or anything of any kind. So it's certainly going to be very costly for him. Um, And as it relates to the six games, I think that uh, the league should respect the decision from the judge that they jointly appointed to make these decisions, a female judge, by the way. And so, you know, this is an unprecedented suspension in terms of length. And for all the people out there with torches and pitchforks that want him suspended for a year or two years, banned for life, uh, you know, public, uh, you know, death by firing squad, whatever. The bottom line is I've always been a believer in the legal system of this country. And, you know, I just feel like this country's legal system is more equipped to get to the bottom of issues like this than say a commissioner of a professional sports league. And so it is what it is. The NFLPA has come out and said that they would be willing to accept whatever decision again, that the jointly appointed judge ended up making. And, uh, and, and so I'm of the opinion that I'd be willing to go with that. And I think for the NFL at this point to uh, appeal that and for Roger Goodell to just, you know, unilaterally, make whatever decision it is that he makes on this matter. I think, again, it's, it's not so much an issue of fairness as it's strictly just going to be an issue of public relations and doing what he thinks uh, the public and the fans want him to do. Brett, when it comes to using things like this as a cautionary tale for your clients, like how involved are agents? And I get it, they're adults and they're grown, but so often when these players do things, we're all like, what is he doing? You know, and that's, to me, that's the Watson issue here, right? We haven't heard of violence. We haven't heard of rape. We haven't heard of any of those things. It was the fact that it was like 60-something masseuse to massage a therapist in like a two-year span, which is a weird number, and it just felt a little hinky, right? So as an agent, what is your job in this? Like, are you supposed to be an overseer going, hey, John, maybe... You know, just stick with Carrie. You know, like, what is your role when it comes to leading their daily lives? Because, again, it's their life. But, again, so many people are attached to their livelihood, including themselves. Sometimes they sort of need someone over their shoulder going, hey, buddy, maybe you should pull back a little bit. 
Yeah. I don't think Deshaun Watson was checking with his agent before he reached out to every masseuse uh, on, uh, on, on, on Instagram and did or did yeah. not try to get happy endings. Uh, I don't think that's something oh, that – yeah. So, you know, a, a, as an agent, it's, it's no different. Look, I mean, agents are people and players are people. It's no different than you or anybody out there listening with friends or family members of theirs. You know, some people you think, you know, uh, wind up, you know, maybe uh, having yeah. a side to them that uh, you've never seen or that you weren't aware of. This is why I'm just incredibly um, picky and choosy and very discriminating in terms of the type of players and people who I'll represent. And, you know, obviously I, I hope that the players who choose me as their agent choose me because they trust and believe in my character the same way that I choose them because I ultimately trust and believe in their character as well as obviously their ability. And so it, this is just kind of one of those tough situations where, you know, I can't stress enough. I'm not condoning anything yeah, yeah. that he did or did not do. You know, it's, it's one of those deals where, you know, did he use poor judgment? I think at least we can all probably agree on that. Uh, but, you know, he's paying a very heavy price for that. And so, again, uh, we will see what ends up happening here over the next few days. But, you know, if you're asking me, do I have faith in the league office to do the right thing, you know, to handle this situation properly? I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> Won't see you uh, with a uh, Roger Goodell uh, banner flying in front of the uh, Tesla households there in Wisconsin and here in South Florida. Um, all right, Brett Tesla, the agent of the stars with us, his appearance every week, brought to you by uh, Will and Trust attorney, uh, Mr. Michael D. Wild. It seems like, Brett, we've seen a reversal of uh, form or at least uh, of thinking where a holdout used to mean a guy wasn't coming to training camp and uh, he didn't want anything to do with the team, lose my number kind of mentality. And, and now it's more of a sit-in that seems to get the job done. Yep. When you have a player, and, and we've seen, uh, what, two recent examples of this where players came to training camp but were not participating in anything. Uh, Debo Samuel, I guess the, the latest example of this, and then ended up getting their contract extensions. So, uh, I mean, what what happened there? What, what happened to the holdout? Uh, is it now more fashionable for a client or, or a player, you know, to try and get uh, a contractual uh, satisfaction, uh, you know, uh, some kind of contractual satisfaction to actually come to training camp and sit there in the offices and say, hey, as soon as you pay me, I'm playing? It's not a matter of fashion. It's strictly a matter of economics because with the latest collective bargaining agreement uh, prior to that, players could hold out and obviously there was the prescribed amount of fine per day um, that players could be fined, but the teams had the right to go ahead and waive those fines. So let's say a guy missed a week and he um, ended up accruing $250,000 of fines. You know, once the, 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 the player and their agent and the team were able to come upon an agreement at that point, uh, you know, the player would come back in there and sign the new deal, and the team would forgive the fines. Now teams are not allowed to forgive the fines. Now the fines are mandatory, $50,000 a day. It's a big number. I don't care who you are, how much you're making. And because of that, it forces the players to come in. But, you know, to the team's credit, they figured out a way to have the players there so the players are not getting fined. 
while continuing to try to work through the contract issues. And I believe that actually having the player around is conducive, more conducive to getting a deal done in good faith as opposed to if the player is staying away from his teammates and not taking calls from his coaches or other things that can happen uh, or have happened throughout the years in some of these long, prolonged holdouts. So um, I think it's actually a good thing that, uh, that, that, that the new policy is the way it is as written because, again, it kind of forces the players to get in there. And if the teams are willing to be reasonable and not force them out there on the field, it allows things to get done again in a, in a mutually beneficial way. Is there, I mean, I don't know, there may never be reason for this uh, going back. I mean, maybe in the days of Mark Brunel, but is there reason to believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars will be a decent team this year? <laughs> uh, is it just a um, departure of urban Meyer and that whole circus and uh, maybe some level headedness that uh, could come some balance that could come with, with more of a veteran guy in the NFL, like Doug Peterson. There's some things in life you can trust. There's other things you need to actually see to believe. And, you know, when you look at a team who's had a very long, long run of futility and bad coaching hires and bad front office decisions and things of that nature, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I certainly root for Jacksonville. I root for, you know, all these teams. I do business with them all. Uh, I have friends in all 32 buildings. So, you know, it, it would really be nice to see a team like that sort of maybe uh, turn the corner. And, you know, when you get someone like Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick, um, by all accounts, you know, that guy could be a great quarterback for you for the next 15 years. So let's hope they can uh, make the other uh, necessary uh, additions and subtractions to help them uh, really turn the corner and, 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 and become a, a more successful franchise than what they've been. Brad, we've talked. We've talked in the past about culture, and is that something like? Can you just tell a, a staff slash culture from one to another? And you talked about that. Um, I, I think we've even talked to you about Urban Meyer. But can you tell when you're dealing with a regime? Can you just walk away going, you know what? I can feel that this regime, the way they're being handled, will be a success compared to those where you'll walk away and go, wow, this is a freaking disaster. Like, can you just tell just from negotiating, just talking, just being around, just your players' reactions to okay? This organization gives off the vibe where I feel they'll succeed, where this organization does not give off that vibe. Uh, uh, undoubtedly. You know, mm -hmm. when, when you've been doing this as long as I have and when you've done about 600 contracts <laughs> throughout the entire league, you know, I deal with, with these teams repeatedly and agents speak amongst each other as much as everybody thinks that everybody in our business absolutely despises each other and wants each other dead. Uh, that's not quite the case. You know, there's a lot of uh, communication that goes on uh, between certain agents. And it's really no coincidence that when one team screws you over uh, and goes back on their word or backs out of a deal or an agreement, and, you know, you talk to one of your agent friends or colleagues, and they're like, yeah, you know what, they did the same thing to me. Well, once you've heard that and once it's happened to you, you know, then moving forward, you can never trust them. You can never give them the benefit of the doubt. And if you're in a situation where you're with a client and you have multiple options in terms of where to go and one of those teams are your options, um, there's a good chance that in the end, you're going to be steering your player in a different direction. Oh, wow. And uh, not, not, not as retribution for what they did, but just as, you know, sort of a warning sign that, hey, you know, they just simply can't be trusted. 
And so, you know, these, these are the things I, I'm certainly not going to mention names, but there's a few teams that come to mind real quick. And, uh, and anytime I'm in a situation where one of those teams is reaching out and we have other options, you know, nine times out of 10, uh, we'll be going in a different direction. What kind of fire, we're talking with Brent Tester, the agent of the stars here on the uh, Defoe show. Well, what kind of fire is Lamar Jackson playing with by representing himself in what you would figure with the quarterback position might be more complex negotiations uh, than, uh, say, uh, other people are dealing with at, at different positions, especially with the amount of money that's being thrown around. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's been done before. It's not unprecedented where guys have represented themselves, uh, but uh, – uh, is this guy really uh, flirting? I, I, not to be, you know, uh, get, you know, force you in a position of being self-serving, but it, it does seem odd that, uh, you know, he's been unable to get, uh, you know, a contract done, and, and yet, uh, you know, he, he's still representing himself. It's just not a good decision, Devo. And obviously, you know, as an agent, it, it, it naturally sounds self-serving for me to say that. It's just that throughout the yeah. years, different players have tried it. And I can't specifically remember one instance where anybody could say, yeah, he did a great job or he did as good of a job as, you know, a professional skilled agent could have done on his behalf. And, you know, the reason why you have an agent is the same reason why you have car insurance. It's not just, you know, for the best case scenario, it's actually for the worst. It's not just to negotiate a contract. It's to be a buffer between the team. It's to be a buffer between coaches and front office. If, if, if a player is having an issue, it's to deal with injuries. If God forbid that comes up, it's, you know, somebody who knows the right sex meant for you. The right for you. Yeah, I kind of lost uh, Brett Tunster there uh, for the time being. Is it uh, unlikely? Yeah, there you go. We, we lost and you there for I, a sec, I, Brett. I, I was just thinking how great the signal is today. Yeah, and I was going to uh, say you sound you great. Know, you you <laughs> cropped out there for a few seconds. But you were talking yeah, about how, uh, you know, you, uh, you know the, the agent uh, and, and the different uh, you know purposes that there would be, uh, you know, to not put the player in a position where they were, you know, having to deal directly, possibly with a team uh, like the ones you were describing the, before that are a little bit unscrupulous. Uh, you know, it's just yeah, a and it, position to be in. Yeah, and like we talked, like I was saying, sorry about that. It's just, you know, there's other matters that come up, injuries, different things, you name it. Uh, you know, don't you think a starting quarterback has? Uh, and, and frankly, I think, you know, knowing that you have somebody, uh, you know, who has your best interest at heart, who's taking care of the business stuff, kind of allow, kind of allows you to focus on what you need to do to ensure that you're as productive as possible on the field so you can continue to earn whatever contract they negotiate for you as well as, you know, any future deals that, uh, you know, with success can come your way. Brett Tensley, the agent of the stars with us, of course, his appearance every week uh, brought to you by Will and Trust attorney, Mr. Michael D. Weil. That's a sure thing. You can't go wrong uh, when you're, uh, you know, using and employing the services uh, of one Michael D. Weil, which he does uh, at, at ridiculously reasonable rates considering the kind of job that he's going to do for you. Yeah, I mean, you get what you pay for in life, and this is one of those instances where you actually get more than you pay for because, you know, if you look at some of the other uh, attorneys out there who do what he does that maybe charge a lot more, who don't do the job nearly as well, uh, that's why we're all fortunate to have used Michael Wilde. You can find him at SouthFloridaWills.com. Makes the process very quick, painless, and easy. Stop procrastinating. Reach out to Michael Wilde, SouthFloridaWills.com. 
Excellent stuff, uh, Brent Tester, uh, as always. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week, and uh, have a great week uh, as we get uh, – Closer and closer to uh, the ball uh, finally dropping on uh, the next NFL season. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Thanks for being with us, my friend. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Take Thank, care. Thanks, yes, man. I was going to ask him uh, his impression. I mean, uh, th- this one's a little baffling to me, Luby. All right? You'll find this surprising. But among the things that I noted this morning mm-hmm. in my uh, perusal of the uh, New York Post, the odds to win the Super Bowl okay. were posted. Okay? Now, uh, who, who do you think is favored? To win the Super Bowl this year, I favorite team the, to win the, the Super Rams Bowl. should be, but it's probably the Bucks. People are weird on the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are the second choice uh, at seven. Oh, the Bills. They're weird on the Bills too, and I, I Bills don't know. are the, uh, the favorite at yeah, six to one. You get six to one on the Bills. Bills. Uh, uh, seven fifty to one uh, on the uh, Buccaneers. The Chiefs are the third uh, choice uh, at uh, nine to one. Rams the Rams are eleven to one. Yeah, Does that be. not seem like a – I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, teams don't repeat. But uh, you said that they went, made moves on top of moves to, to ensure uh, – look, uh, they signed all of these guys for jillions of dollars. Uh, they I don't even know if they reached their full potential last year. I, I, I think they could have played even better, no? Yep, they had Robert the Woods of the season. Yeah. OBJ came late. He got hurt in the freaking Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, I guess uh, OBJ, his status is uh, he's what? He's not there. Season? But they brought, in yeah, Alan yeah. Ra- Ro- they brought in Alan Robinson, who's one of the better receivers, yeah. and he's even bigger than OBJ, so he's a better red zone target. Cooper Cup has made himself one of the top three receivers in football. He's great. But then yeah. they get Woods back. Like, I forgot about Rob- Robert Woods, but I think they get him back. Cam Akers comes back, and he had injury issues down the stretch. And I, they added someone defensively. They lost Von Miller, but then they added someone who was, like, younger and just as good. And I'm trying to remember who. Yeah. Like, that team was loaded. <laughs> I mean. How, how are they 11-1 with the Bills? Uh, still unproven. You know, it, it's like Brett Tester was talking about with the uh, Jaguars. In certain situations, uh, you know, uh, seeing is believing. You know, you, you have to show it to me. And uh, the, the Bills, uh, you know, they, they haven't shown that they're at that level yet, have they? I mean, for, for all the people that are already putting them into uh, the championship picture there and hoisting the Lombardi. You know, it seems to me they've had opportunities, and, and last year was a brilliant opportunity for them, and they couldn't cash. Yes. So I, I know the knocking on the door theory, and I do subscribe to uh, that to, to an extent in, uh, you know, a lot of different sports where the team kind of like is knocking on the door, uh, you know, like the Braves were uh, to win a World Series. Uh, you know, the Nationals a few years ago uh, when they finally broke through won a World Series. Uh you know, you, you have to kind of tap on the door there. The Pistons many uh, years back right? NBA when, when they – Finally broke through and won some championships, but they were knocking on the door. NBA is big on that. Uh, NFL, too. But uh, I, I don't know. The Bills have had chances. Right. Should they be the favorite over the Rams to, to win the Super Bowl this year by almost a two-to-one margin? I don't think so. Think about that. Um, I don't know. I, the, the, I, the Bills are good, but the running game is okay, not great. The receivers outside of Diggs are good, not great. Allen, I think it's a good quarterback, but I, I never thought Allen was what they want Allen to be. Um I know. I think then I think Denver's a team that should be better than the Bills. Like Denver, the only problem with them is they're in that division. Sixteen to one on the Browns. Yeah, that team. Yeah. All, look, and I couldn't name any of their players, but any NFL person we talked to was like, "Wow, if they had a quarterback, if they had a quarterback, Russell Wilson was on a team that was a disaster, falling yeah. apart, and they kept he kept them in the playoff discussion. Like the dude now with talent and an organization that's consistently won. Why wouldn't 
Maybe I, I don't know. Like to me, there's something about the Bills. Sixteen to one. You would take a shot with the Broncos. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, I don't think the Packers are going to be there for some reason. I don't know what I to do with the don't. Packers. I have to see them without Adams. Like, Chargers. I, I don't think they're ready to uh, pop to, to that level. Well, they added J. C. Jackson and they added Khalil Mack to a defense that was already good, just hurt. Now you get Bosa back. You have Derwin James, both healthy, and both are like looking for contracts. So they Bengals have the completely defense. overlooked. I think the Bengals are going to go a step backwards. The, the Bengals got yeah. a lot of there was a lot of luck involved with the Bengals. I think the Browns will be better, and I think the Ravens have a lot to prove. So the Bengals aren't just going to sail through that division. Holy Anita Marks, man, you're you're doing a gambling thing here, Libby. I like I'm it. Trying. I, I like it that you're considering. Yeah, well, the one division that's going to suck is I think the Titans are going to take a step back, and the Colts. The Colts sort of will have a nice free path with Matt Ryan and that I'm not division. buying the Colts uh, until they yeah, that's another one uh, you know I'll, I'll <laughs> well that division sucks like Texans yeah. are going with Davis Mills the Jags yeah. will be better but they're still young like the Titans are going to take a step back they lost Brown the receiver so now Tannehill is going to go back to being the Dolphins Tannehill like I, I think the Colts have an easy path that's why Matt Ryan should be able to like figure shit out in the regular season because that division sucks right. Colts uh, you got a big price on them 25 to 1 on the conference. Yeah. Bengals 20 to 1. Unbelievable. All right. We're coming back with more. We'll, we'll come back and say goodbye, actually. Uh, yes. Never can say goodbye. We're hoping Andy's still with us, man. That sounded pretty he was serious. Talking right to me okay. this morning. I mean, so I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I'm rooting for him. All right. Uh, back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. Can't afford to have uh, too many of our loyal listeners and viewers uh, checking out here. It's uh, 8.56. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar, and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home.
A lot of uh, strange stuff. I mean, uh, we said some things about uh, Bob Kraft here that maybe weren't particularly flattering. And uh, all of a sudden, we were bombarded on our message board by uh, bizarre messages. Yeah, I, so uh, I got rid of this guy that I so I can't see him anymore, but I guess he's still there. So oh, yeah? I don't know. Yeah, Nick, whatever oh, okay. the hell. I'll, I'll that, that, that's that's the internet for you, huh? I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it's a wild world out there. Weirdo. Weird. Imagine Rod Serling, if uh, internet had been around when oh, uh, he good. was uh, coming up with things like the Twilight Zone. He, he would have cashed in big on this stuff. Uh, all right. Now, we had a lot of fun being with you this morning. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. We go old school with Tony Segreno. That's always a lot of fun. Uh, the great Tony Segreno. And that's brought to you by Texas Roadhouse Restaurants and Catholic Health Services. Uh, as you've heard, Tony, extol the virtues of uh, both of those fine organizations here during the uh, show today. I hope you guys had a lot of fun. I don't know if we uh, accomplished anything. Had the soapbox out early uh, there. Uh, what a disgrace. It's easy to paint something as a disgrace. I, I, I don't know. This was uh, independent arbitrator. Uh, no criminal charges. Obviously, something funky going on. But uh, when Bobby Kraft, I mean, uh, it, you, you hit it right on the head, Louie. When he popped out of that Asian massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida, to hop on a private jet then, I mean, uh, the whole idea of being in some sleazy massage parlor that was being investigated for sex trafficking, I mean, a, an horrendous, Come on. you know, a, a, a human, uh, I mean, uh, just uh, absolute atrocity. And Bobby Kraft is patronizing this joint. I mean, he may not have known uh, what, what they were involved in, but nonetheless. I mean, come on. Not exactly high end. At least questioned saying, it or yeah. leave and go somewhere. I, whatever. Look, like Tesla said, it's not our job, and that's fine. But my thing is, be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not. And his Ridley cat, I mean, he, he has to be steaming, right? Just oh seeing, my God. thinking, my God. Are you kidding me? Lost a year's uh, worth of playing time and salary. Yep. Uh, like $11 million yep. uh, because uh, I bet $1,500 on some game that I wasn't even involved in, and all of a sudden, the league thinks that smacks of impropriety, even though they're in bed with these gambling sites. Yeah. <laughs> it's advertisement. See? Even our guys are using it. Yeah. <laughs> it's free promotion. So, you know, the world has got me sugar now. I, I, I believe that. And, and that's the note I'll leave you guys on. And, yeah, and then we'll yeah. do it tomorrow with Tony. Have a lot of fun. Uh, Thursday, we'll have our uh, Hylia Park Trivia Challenge. And then Friday, a degenerate Friday, uh, Professor off this week. Off to uh, Costa Rica. Yes. I think that's fortunate because I know his big board would have dealt with Bill Russell. Bill Russell. And, uh, not necessarily <laughs> in a way that we uh, really wanted to feature here on the program. We in do, in uh, the interest of good taste. Which, about, uh, rarely are we in that mode where we're in the interest of good taste. But in this case, I think it would have been so inflammatory, so ridiculous that uh, you know we couldn't allow him to do it. We're talking no? about poor taste. Uh, it's something that I find entertaining and Defo finds totally disgusting. Today at 12 p.m., Mike Mayo's Lunchbox, and I oh, yeah, promise yeah, to eat yeah. every day. <laughs> so I enjoy it. Devo hates it. Join no, us. No, I don't, I don't hate it. I mean, uh, I, I, it's, it's just weird. I, I don't know. It's weird to me. Because <laughs> well, you were taught of all the things that we do that are not professional, that's the one thing yeah. we've been – we'll be at it the best places. It violates every tenant of uh, broadcasting. That food I everywhere, about. and we do not yeah. eat until the show's over. That's just how yeah. we are. It's video. He's a food critic, so yeah. I don't mind him eating. I, I do agree with you. Eat, don't talk. I don't mind that. Like the on-air taste it. tests and comparisons, I think are cool. It's cool. We have video. Yeah. Take advantage of it, but don't let the food spew out of your he, mouth. He deliberately makes it even more slovenly. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's really like that all the time. He I don't know. It like seems that. odd for a guy that was a food critic <laughs> to have like uh, zero protocol when it comes to uh, any kind of table <laughs> etiquette. I mean, literally, he's got, like, stuff. Uh, shit is dripping on his shirt. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
Anyway, that's entertainment. And that's 12 why we PM, do it. right yeah. here. <laughs> we're, Happy to be a part of it. We're Mike like Mayo's proud lunchbox of it. as well. Yeah. Don't miss it. Um, oh a liverwurst sandwich. I, there was a time I was in the liverwurst sandwiches. Though, I've never had and that. I read the label uh, once on a thing of liverwurst, and I said, this is, like, completely disgusting. I mean, it's not even food. That's crazy. <laughs> I used to like, I tell you what, it was a great sandwich my mother used to make for me. Uh, it was uh, the London broil sandwich. Oh, that's she a good sandwich. Yeah, that's she would a do sandwich. a London broil. She was very good at cooking these London broil steaks. Yeah, that's a good sandwich. And, uh, and then I would have them on rye bread, and I would bring, like, three of them to shave yep. before I uh, was selling my souvenirs. And that was at a time where I had a metabolism. Yeah. And you'd eat, like, all three, man, and they were fantastic. That's a great sandwich. Fantastic. Steak sandwich. London broil steak sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, steak sandwich. That's a good sandwich. Uh, all right, uh, we're coming back uh, with uh, you tomorrow. At uh, I, I thought we were going to say uh, go to a break here, but uh, we're going to uh, the perpetuity done. here to the great internet beyond. beyond. It was that kind of show today. I don't know why. Just that kind I'm of ready show. for football. <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> and then the Hall of Fame game will happen and be like, this isn't football. <laughs> now, the Finns are going all the way, man. Well, what are the odds on the Finns? I, I think two or three of them the Super Bowl. Let's put a few bucks on that just for... We should. Uh, I don't think know. it happens, but I wouldn't mind it just so we can make that our year-long thing. Wow, are they even on the list? Oh, That's my funny. God. Texans are 300 to 1. No, nah, the Dolphins are Jaguars, better. Jaguars, 125 to 1. Jets, 125 to 1 for Eric. I think they're like the, uh, 60 Jet to 1. Fan. 60 to 1. Dolphins like are 35 to 1. Okay. Wow. So you put bucks. a stick on the Dolphins. They win a Super Bowl uh, for the first time since 1973. Mm. <laughs> and you may as well it. take a stick and just put it up your ass. Right? <laughs> exactly. It's so hard to see that happening. Is it still in there? Yeah, I think. Uh... All right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow on that note. That's an ugly image. See you tomorrow on that note uh, at uh, 7 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, tuning in, everybody. As we leave, you know that. The time. It's uh, 9.04. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.